as painful as this may be to watch for some, it's exactly the kind of reality check many kids and parents need to experience in today's woke world. I just want to I just want to read you this poster that I have um, because I hear a lot of pro-lifers um, say that life begins at conception. Mm-hmm. So my poster reads, it does. life begins when you understand living women matter more than potential babies. What is it? What do you mean? If it's a potential baby, what is inside of a woman? It's a fetus. Is it living? No. no. How can it grow if it's not living? Actually, actually, that's like saying if an acorn is a tree. When does the fetus become living? Nope. <laughs> um, that's actually a good question, but that line... Yeah, of course, because you don't know it, because it's oh, living. Oh. It's living. Oh, wait a second, but I got something for her. Hold up. fundamentally denying science to validate you, your you, you actively, you actively deny science, ma'am. How am I denying... What science did I deny, Darby? Um, okay, so let's look at some posters over here. But you don't have to be I here. need you to tell me what she science. asked you. You just made an accusation that I denied science. How about you, you give it? What science did I deny? That it's a child inside of you. It is a clump of cells when you I'm have a clump of cells. What makes me different? That you were born. You were born. So you, you don't, what you're arguing is that uh, anything that is not born is not valuable of life. Of I right did not life. say that. It's subjective. So when does it? When does a child or fetus or clump of cells, whatever you want to call it, when does this clump of cells or fetus become living? When it can sustain but, its own life. But when is that? When is the sustainability? No. When is sustainability? Uh. uh. <laughs> Because, like, what, how do you sustain life? Like, my newborns aren't sustainable. You can't just have a newborn and they just, like, live on their own, right? Right. They're not sustainable. They need help and assistance to survive. So is a newborn not, is, is a newborn not worthy of life? Is a newborn not worthy of life? I do have one thing to say to you. <laughs> I hope you got how more than one. That... When my mom was in college 30 years ago, she was protesting the exact same thing that me and these wonderful other women and men on this side had been protesting. How is it? Why? Why are we still protesting? (laughs) Why are we still having to talk about this issue? It is a basic human right to have an abortion, to have a choice. The reason we're still having the question is because some people don't want to accept the natural consequences of heterosexual sex and be inconvenienced by another human life or want to selfishly choose Mm. to end human life in order to have their whims met. That is why you're still arguing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a prime example of logic. The lady on stage, cool, calm, composed versus emotion versus the animation versus the girl there to tell you, oh, my mom did this 30 years ago. Yeah, but your mom also let you live. She also gave you the chance to go out and make a way in the world and, and to sustain yourself, even though I'm sure you're, you're buried up to your nose in, in student loans and your mom, you might even live with your mom. You, a lot of these kids still live with their parents. So when can you sustain yourself? 20, 30, never when your parents 
to die? Is that when you're going to go out and face the reality and get an actual job? Like when is sustainability what is it? When is that? Is it up to nine months? Can you kill the child and abort them a day before they're they're due to be born? Six months, three months? I a thousand percent agree that life happens at the moment of conception because God. Kitty Demure is a drag performer and she joins me now. So Kitty, you don't perform in front of children, do you? Uh, no, nor would I. And um, thanks for having me, Jesse. No, if I, if I was performing, for an audience and I saw a child, I would walk out. So why do these drag queens keep foisting these performances on children? Well, a lot of the performers, I, I can only speak for the performers, um, a lot of them are just like low level wage workers. Um, if you notice, some of them aren't the most beautiful, the most talented. Um, they're typically from a local club or dive bar and they're just doing it for the, the the, the tips and the money that they're getting. So they're doing it for the money. So I guess it's the parents who are booking these drag queens to perform in front of their young children. Well, right. The, the drag queen is just, you know, um, giving them what they want. I mean, the market is there. Um, I've gone against heterosexual parents saying this is all your fault. I mean, you can't complain. And, you know, when it's your own kind that are actually creating these events and, you know, letting them go on. So you're saying heterosexual parents you've spoken to and challenged them. What do they say when you say, why the heck are you booking drag queens for your young kids? They, they think they're being inclusive. They think that they're teaching them some kind of valuable lesson. And I've asked them, what is the lesson to be learned to see a man dressed up wearing a wig and being sexual in front of your child? We used to arrest men like that. So you're right, like you wouldn't hire a professional stripper, like a regular looking stripper to perform in front of a six year old. Why would they be hiring a man dressed as a woman stripper to perform in front of a six year old? I, you know, I don't know. I'll tell you, honestly, I think it has something to do with using drag as a transition or as a gateway to, to trans kids to make them think it's fun, pretty, magical fantastical. And I just think big pharma corporations that they're pushing it. And honestly, I just think it's to make more money for for big pharma. So it's profitable. Yeah, we've covered that sponsorship out in California, how they're doing sex change operations and they're involved in some of these local school events. All right, Kitty, thanks for joining us. We're next week. We're going to have a drag performer who actually thinks it's okay to perform in front of children's. We're fair and I balanced here. Yeah. I'm, you're going to be on the edge of your seat. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on primetime. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to subscribe to Fox News YouTube page and catch our hottest interviews and most compelling. A friendly reminder to all the cis out there, just because it's called preferred name and preferred pronoun, that does not make it optional. And if you have trouble accepting that, then maybe instead you can accept my size 13 steel toe on your trachea. We could start there if you prefer. What's so funny is that I bet this is someone who actually considers himself a woman or femme or uses she, her pronouns or something like that, even though obviously this is an aggressive male response to not getting what you want. I can't think of a less ladylike thing to do than to threaten someone for not calling you by your preferred pronouns. It's ridiculous. And I, I don't understand how these people can still believe that they are the side of tolerance and love and compassion. It's like, you're on the internet 
threatening strangers because they've said something that you don't like, but which, by the way, clearly conforms to reality. It's like, I, I, I don't know how we can reason with people who are clearly so far gone. This is, this is a mental health issue at this point. I was just so unhappy with who I was pretending to be. Whenever I looked in the mirror, I didn't even recognize the person I was looking at. I was constantly depressed and constantly struggling with my true identity. Then I found Bud Light. Thanks to Bud Light's mission of inclusivity, I finally found the strength to be who I truly am deep down inside. A Mexican gangbanger trapped in the body of a mildly psychotic Caucasian man. I know this transition won't be easy, but with the support and strength of Bud Light, I will finally be able to be the real me. Thank you, Bud Light. Thank you. Hey guys, it's my first day as a cholo. Um, I'm, I'm pretty nervous. I've got to work on my accent, you know, go out and get a tan. But I did trade my EV in for an 86 Cutlass Supreme that won't pass smog in California. And I got Domino's and I got Uno. Um, I didn't know Mexicans were so good at math. I feel good knowing that Bud Light's in my corner. I, I really do. So I think I'm going to be able to make this transition happen. <coughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Yo, what's up, homies? It's day 30 of me being a cholo, eh? And check it out. I've been shot. I've been stabbed. I've been putting in that work and keeping the busters off the block, eh? They know better than to come around here and fuck with this shit. I owe everything to this little essay right here. Because if it wasn't for this little motherfucker... I wouldn't even fucking started my new life, eh? Since it's day 30, I figure it's time for me to show my respect to the little homie, you know? I've been drinking that Old English 800 because I heard that's what the Mexicans be drinking. Thank you, Bud Light. You inspired me, homie. Oh, God. Oh, is that what that tastes like? Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, it tastes like rat piss. Oh, this is a, you know what, this is a bad idea. This is a fucking terrible idea. I shouldn't have done this. What have I done? Oh God, I shot people. I fucking stabbed a kid. Oh, why? Why did I listen to you, Bud Light? You're fucking disgusting.
because they're so inclusive. Look at this Bud Light tank top. And I've obviously been drinking a lot of Bud. I also might be pregnant, don't tell anyone. They also sent me this, check this out. Ready? They sent me a Bud plug. Look at this, ooh, la, la, la. It's gonna get me nice and loose and relaxed. I'll put it right in my Heine can. <laughs> now for the best part, since it'll be three weeks before I get my cis white toxic toxic cut off, Bud Light sent me a temporary wee wee so I don't have to have that patriarchal schlong hanging for my little girl pouch. And Bud Light is so thoughtful, so you can have a limp bud. Yes, look at my bud bulge. Shake it, shake it, shake, shake it, shake it. Or a raging bud boner. <laughs> Cheers, girls. Bud Light. Let's drain that main vein. Oh, yes. Yeah! Yum! It looks like piss. Mm. And it tastes like piss. So refreshing, so consistent, but like. <sighs> Cheers. Grab a bud. Well, hello. Hey, Nick. How you doing? This is Brett Keen, and you were listening and watching The Brett Keen Show. You said that that video was funny but sad all at the same time. Tell me about it, Nick.
Uh, well, my wife was just explaining to me uh, where hey. the connotation. Hold on, let, let her say ah. about it real quick. Hey, Brett. <laughs> Hi there. Hey, what's going on? Oh, uh, we were just advertising beer and being an exclusive group. Yeah, yeah. What is that guy? What's that famous guy now? Uh, Dylan. Dylan, Mc... that's what you were. Wrong yeah. About. What was his last? What's his last name? Mc... Oh, what's that guy's name? Dylan McLaney. Dylan, he's he's super popular and famous right now. Well, anyway, with your the show will about to start with that little clip there with the guy with the blonde wig on and he's in the bathtub drinking the Bud Light. That is what uh, Dylan McLaney. I'm gonna say his name is that. I forgot his last yeah. name, but anyway, Bud Light just sponsored him to do a, a Bud Light commercial, and he was in the bathtub drinking a Bud Light. And it was just really funny how that, I think that guy was um, making a joke of that. I'm not sure. I think that's where that was coming from. So that was pretty funny. I got a question for you, if you don't mind, Julie. No, not at all. Why is it that uh, all these males who are transitioning over to women, they're more than happy to jump on a sports team against women, but you don't see women who want to be guys jumping on the NFL, NHL, or getting into male sports for? Wow, amazing question. Well, I think... Um... You know, and I and I don't want to. I'm not trying to bash anybody, and I'm not trying to be mean or, um, you know what I mean. But my my thoughts are they're trying to feminize the world. You know what I mean? They're trying to feminize everything. Um, that's that's just my thought. I'm not trying to slam anybody. Everybody can be who they want to be. That's fine with me. But they're trying to feminize. I'm listening. Oh, must be having some kind of audio issues over there. Nick told me they've been having problems with their phone. Hey, Jen Marie. Hey, Amy Newman. Hey, Adam Lohr. I put the link out there, and it's also in the blue slip. Hopefully, Julie can fix her microphone looks like we got a little bit of internet lag in the world that uh that stinks we're back can you hear me yeah you guys were having some audio issues it looks like the stream keeps on having uh delay right issues away from as well. heavy crying and then i was like you can't do that it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah yeah hi, so what hi, do you Adam. think about that Nick? Nick, did you hear uh, my well, question earlier? Yeah, like why why there are women or well, men going to the women's, but not as much women going into the men's. I, I think I think we'll see more of that down the line because personally, I think this is all an attack on um, male and female and androgyny and and things like that. Um, I, I do still think. Even in the end, there is still a difference between testosterone production, um, estrogen production, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, me, as a Christian, we're, we're called to love people anyway. Um, but I think the reason they had those divisions in the first place, it was genetic. So they, they try to claim it's a gender thing, which is fine. But 
the reason the division there is because of a genetic thing and it goes down to the dna at that point the testosterone the muscle production you know things like that and that's why you get these men winning uh these women competitions that normally if they were competing against other men they'd be in the bottom now it doesn't necessarily mean that's why they're doing it but i'm sure there are people that are doing it for that reason but it doesn't mean to say they were all doing it for that reason. You know, I, I can't say to everybody's intentions or their drive or their will, you know what I mean? It's just, in the end though, DNA doesn't lie. There is a difference between muscle production, testosterone production. And that's why those divisions were put in the first place. I mean, there are some men that go into women's divisions in boxing and stuff and they beat the crap out of the, you know, women or vice versa and it's it's not okay you know when you watch that it's like uh, it's just i don't know it's anyway what's your thought on that brother anyway it's good to see you and hear from you well i appreciate you coming in nick i always enjoy talking to you and julie and it always sounds like the babies are ready to party that's always good you said uh your children have been sick lately and you also were sick for quite a while there what happened um, I got a uh, stuffy nose. Well, more like a, a, my throat was kind of messed up. I didn't get congested chest, and I was bleeding fine. Then I was getting running a fever a little bit, and so I couldn't work for three or four days. And then now you can hear <laughs> the babies are a little bit <laughs> not feeling well, and I feel bad because I'm like, did I get them sick? You know, I literally I come home. And I'll go in the shower and then I'll come out to change. And my daughter just, now that she can crawl, she follows me everywhere. And it's so precious. You know, she's like, dad, where are you going? Hello, you're home, dad. You better pick me up. (laughs) You know, it's cute. I love it. But I've been trying to sleep separate from them and, you know, keep my distance because I didn't want them to get sick. But there's only so much you can do. So... Oh, goodness gracious. I'm sorry to hear that you and the family have been having so many problems there. You uh, you were talking about how you've seen women getting beat up in sports and all that. I recently watched a video where they took a champion boxer female, a naturally born woman, and put her in the ring with an average layman male boxer, and she didn't stand a chance. She was a woman champion boxer. And she was destroyed in less than three rounds. And that's only because the guy kind of took it easier on her for a little bit. Yeah, I I agree. And that's where, you know, if they want to claim gender, fine. But the DNA doesn't lie, you know. And I hope nobody's thinking that I'm arguing that there's no women out there who are tough enough to hit you and make you feel it or anything. There's plenty of women out there that are tough. But when it comes down to it, especially in athletics, there are women out there that simply have advantages over men and men have advantages over women. And strength happens to be one of those attributes. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not hate speech, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the the gospel of reality. (laughs) Yeah, and and trust me, there are a lot of women out there that can beat up most men. I mean, don't get me wrong, but but we're talking about the top athletes, the top, you know what I mean? It's a little different when these people, that's all they do is train and study. And, And then, you know, these top women are competing against, men who i mean i don't know how i I don't know like i said it's not it's nothing against them or how they want to identify their it's just that's why they always have these divisions in the first place you know what i mean right 
you know, I've been uh, speaking of Amy Newman. Uh, Amy Newman brought up the shooter earlier. And I've watched a lot of uh, transgender videos because I wanted to see how transgenders would respond to this, to see what was up. And most of them, I'd say a majority, they simply argued, well, the pronouns this or tried to make excuses or justifications why it happened. Blair White was the only one that I heard say, I'm sorry to the people in Nashville who've lost their family and their children and all that. It seemed like they they were more concerned about their pronouns and their social status in society than they cared about actual human life being lost. And no one was even suggesting that all transgenders are going to go out and shoot people. But for some reason, they felt they had to take on the role of letting us know that. Well, it's just like they take on the role of all ARs are bad. All, you know what I mean? It, it's, when they have an agenda, they twist it the way they want it. And don't get me wrong, the right does it too. The left does it, the right does it. This is why I'm not on either. I'm on scripture. I'm on truth. You know, I stand for what's right, what's wrong. And I try to have an objective, you know, view on that. Because in the end, the person giving the news always has a skew on it. Not always, but for the majority of the time, you know. And then that's why I love channels. Uh, out there that try to put both out and try to just talk and disagree to disagree or agree to disagree. You know what I mean? That's, you know, once we cut off the communication and once we turn it into hate speech and all these other things, this is when the society falls apart. I got a spiritual question for you. And I'm sure a lot of people out there are interested in knowing there's a lot of churches out there nowadays that are saying that it's possible for a homosexual to be able to make it to heaven. Can the same be said for uh, transgenders in your eyes, Nick? What's your opinion on that? Well, I mean, it's possible for murderers, homosexuals, liars, transgender. But do we repent and, and turn from our, our sin from our wrong ways, right? I mean, that's really the question is it's um are we turning are we uh repenting and 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 trying to have a relationship with god and then in the end it's not our job to judge them and say they're wrong and they're right like i mean there's some people that still smoke cigarettes every day and and drink alcohol every day and they say but i have a relationship with god well am i going to turn around and say well you're not a christian because you still smoke cigarettes and drink well no maybe the holy spirit just hasn't convicted them on that yet so that's where it's that's where god judgment comes in not ours you know now the bible is clear about a lot of things um but it's not our jobs to it's not our job to judge them on what the bible is clear on right it's it's about their relationship with god it's not about our relationship with them our job is to treat them with love and kindness and of course be truthful but to do it in a way that's loving and supportive i mean um i mean i'll, I'll just put this out there one of my really really close friends for many many years in san diego we actually used to lead a youth group worship together he played the bass and other things and i played guitar and and we did music together and all this stuff and he was a I mean, he was one of the manliest men you ever met, you know, six foot three and had a girlfriend for like five years. And then one day he was afraid to tell me, he's like, I think I'm gay. And I'm like, oh, and he's like, I was afraid to tell you because I thought you'd never talk to me again. And I'm like, dude, we've been friends for like six years. We've hung out every single day. You know, I don't agree with it, but I still love you, you know, and I'm not going to not talk to you and be your friend. Well, then recently I hadn't heard like he moved to Texas and, you know, all that stuff. And I, I 
ran into him on Facebook again. I said, Hey, how's it, you know, in Texas? And he's like, Oh, actually I'm not gay anymore. I got married. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, how's your marriage going? And then, you know, so we stayed in touch and then it twists from there. He just recently contacted me about a year ago and he said, uh, my name is now Scarlett and I am uh, identifying as a woman and I'm no longer married. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, I hope you're okay. And I love you, man. You know what I mean? And I think I, part of me thinks maybe he reached out because he wanted me to say, how, how dare you? But no, I mean, he was my best friend for five years and he was a good guy and I loved him. And we hung out every single, that doesn't change the relationship that we had. Now, trust me, I've had many friends that didn't agree when I was on drugs and doing horrible things, but they still were there for me and they still loved me, you know? So there's a difference between being there for someone and loving them and, and supporting their lifestyle. Like, Hey, give me money to buy this dress to go be a drag queen. Well, okay. But I'm, I'm going to talk to you and see how your day went and stay in touch. And I don't know, I, I guess that's where I get a little touchy on it too, because I do have people in my life that have been through this, but I also know there's been other issues going on as like with depression and other things. And so it's, my job is to treat them with love and kindness. It's not my job to judge them. Now, if he asked me directly, do you think this is wrong? Well, I'll say, yes, I do. But that doesn't change the fact that we have a relationship that I've cared for you for years, you know, so. Right. You can love someone, whether you think they have issues or agree with them or not on certain things, you can continue to love them. I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, my whole thing with the um, sports thing and everything is that it's not a, see, they, they want to say that gender and DNA is different. That's fine. If that's what you guys want to believe, I don't necessarily believe that we're in America. You have the right to believe that. But when it comes down to the sports issue, it is a testosterone muscular build issue. It, it's a literal DNA issue. It's the way that our bodies are built. Now, yes, there are many women out there that are built bigger than a lot of the wussiest men's I've met, but you're not going to find many women that are stronger than the strongest man, right? Um, and that, that's just the DNA. That's just the way that we were, to me, designed and the way that the DNA is placed. And so for the majority, most men tend to be built bigger they have testosterone they have all these other things yes they can have those treatments they can have those things but it's not the same as their body creating it naturally being grown that way raised that way now maybe it would be a different issue if it's someone which how can you do that to a kid that young that you've cut off their testosterone and gave them i mean and that's where you get into you can't drink a beer you can't buy a gun you know but you can alter your life forever and then parents if we don't now you go to jail for abusing your kids. I mean, this is where um, this is where we have to stand up and say, eh, there's a point where when I was 17, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've met. They're like, I want to get a tattoo and I want to do this. And, that. and I'm like, you know, I got one when I was 18 or I wish I wouldn't have got it. You know, I wouldn't take it away. But the way I thought at 19 and now I, I look, I got one on my chest because I used to have big chest muscles and arm and I work out and I could do push up, you know, what I, mean? I was in shape. And, and it's funny because my friends were like, I was like, yeah, I got a tattoo. And they're like, oh, let me guess your chest. I'm like, how'd you know? And they're like, well, of course you did. Yeah. And now here I am 20 years later and 
I got man boobs. I'm overweight. You know, like I wish that I wouldn't have got one right there. <laughs> so just the way you are at 19, you're not going to be when you're almost 40, much less when you're 12, 13, 14, and you're making life altering decisions that you can never have children. You can never have your female voice back, your male voice back. This is where, where do we draw the line? You know? Yeah, I've seen a lot of videos of uh, people. It's called detransitioning. I'm sure you've probably heard of it as well as many of the people out there listening. And I've been hearing a lot of horror stories, a lot of horror stories. And a lot of these uh, kids end up telling the same story. They felt like they weren't accepted at home or their friends and family. And they felt like the only way they could be better is that they completely alter their appearance and have things chopped off, uh, mutilation and all this. I remember it was uh, just a decade ago where we used to get on the Muslims for doing that kind of thing to their kids and all that and mutilation techniques on women. And now all of a sudden we endorse it in society and support it. A lot of these kids, they're really upset about the altering they can never change or fix anymore. I think that I would be more in agreement with adults getting surgery, but when you push it on children who aren't even developed yet are still trying to discover their identity, I don't think it's right to go after the underdeveloped or the immature, the inexperienced. How do you feel about that? Oh, well, absolutely. And then, and then you add in, there's a huge profit margin. There's a push for it. They are now look, maybe one out of, let's say even, Let's say it's probably more like one out of 200. It's successful and they're happy and they're glad they did it. Okay, what about the other? Or let's say it's one out of two that are successful. Okay, what about the the other one that has now ruined the rest of their life? See, even if one is damaged by these decisions for the rest of their life, does that mean now it's okay to destroy everybody else because one person is successful? And not only that, it's like like you're saying with the Muslim. I mean, they could marry children at 13. I remember being in Saudi Arabia and seeing these 13-year-old boys driving cars. And I'm thinking, 13? Like, they, they can barely see over the wheel. Now, women could not drive back then. They could not be um, pilots back then. They, uh, When I was in the fourth grade back in Saudi Arabia. But I remember seeing these little 13-year-old boys driving around. But yet these old men were marrying these young 13-year-olds. And, and we in America thinking, how sick is that? But then yet we're going to allow... These doctors who have a profit gain, who make money off of it, who have every incentive to do it, to boost their numbers and their percentages, it, it would be different if it was like it was a rare person and it was rarely happened to. And that person can, it, and even then, it, it, it's the problem is, is how easily they sign off, how quickly they do it, how much money they make off doing it. Um, there's just so many things. And not only that. I can't make life-changing decisions at 13, um, 11, 10, 5. I mean, listen, there are people that can go in the military and die, but they can't buy a beer. I mean, so, but these people can make life-altering decisions that they can never take back. I, I think there's a line drawn there. Like I said, it's not that adults can't do it. It's not that people, it, it, you know, it, it would be different if it was a rare, but now it's like, it's this huge multi-billion dollar industry now, and it's this push. And I think that's where our fears come in. We're not saying that the way, look, the way I look at it is we have gotten so far down the genetic chain with all the food changes, all the diet changes, all the 
vaccines, all the drugs, all, all these other things. I think that there are people that are probably confused that the DNA is, you know, it's been from God originally creating the world to where it is today. There's a lot of mess ups, all these things, but to make these decisions so nilly willy and to just assume them to everybody that has one question or a problem, that's where our issue lies in. I'm not saying that maybe there isn't someone that isn't realizes later on down the line that, hey, maybe uh, my uh, body produces estrogen different and, and testosterone different. And I, I'm sure may, maybe that's the case. I can't argue with that. But to s apply it to so many over so quick of a period and for it to rapidly change like this, it's, it's almost like a cultural change. It's almost like a and that's what scares me and, and the damage to the people that's happening where the people that really are going through it they're getting thrown to the side and under the bus for the people that are doing it for the popularity and for the easy way out and you know and then it's damaging them the rest of their life and so this is where our culture has really gone astray you know personally oh i agree with you nick you know whenever i was between 13 and 15 years old i had a pretty dumpy self-esteem i was not happy with myself and on top of it i had discovered twinkies and hostess cupcakes got myself turning into a horse practically from being so big and i remember thinking to myself damn if i were tom cruise or tom Selleck, my life would be a lot better i'd have women just completely interested in me and attracted to me if i was that way I am so glad that I didn't do any like physical changes or arrangements to myself. As I got older, I accepted who I was and what I was about. And I think that's what a lot of young people go through. They're trying to figure out who am I, uh, what works, yeah. what is popular, what, what will cause me to fit in better. And because of all this political injunction and aggravation and bureaucracy, I can see why a lot of kids might think that this is the best way for them to go. Even though it's unusual and strange, kids tend to rebel. They tend to paint their hair pink and purple and do all kinds of goofy stuff. I got to get my ear pierced. I got to get my nose, my nipple. I got to get a tattoo. I mean, whatever it is so they can stand out and try to i guess get some kind of gratification from society as their role i don't know well and then you look at all these people i mean the parents that are parading their kids around and gosh i mean when do you start looking into the psyche of the parents and what's their agenda behind it are they bi and lesbian and pushing an agenda on their children and I mean, I I do very much feel environment defines a, a lot. It defines probably 80% of who we are. You know, it's it's how we were raised, who raised us, what we did, what we learned, how we studied. I mean, that defines a huge part of it. And I think that's why evolution is pushed so hard back on Christians and their values because it it's so against their values and views. But then that's also why Christians view push so hard on evolutionists because it's against their values and views where really what we should be doing is being in a society where we can lay things out and teach and show and live by example. And, and instead of the Christians being fearful of the children learning and growing and learning knowledge, they should live by example in their life so that the children grow up and say, you know what? I see how my parents were. I see what they were like and how they lived. I, I want to be like that. To me, that's real. Instead of uh, forcing it and scaring them and pulling them and vice versa, you know what I mean? Um, where you've got these parents that homeschool and then 
cage their kids and they can't socialize and they can't be around other people. I mean, there are extremes on all sides, you know, and this is where as a society, we, we need to be able to, I don't have a fear of my children learning those things because I want them to look at me in the way I, and they go, oh, well, because of what daddy believes in the way he looks, that's how I want to be because I've seen how it's, you know, shaped his life um, instead of this fear mongering and this just shutting them out and never teaching them anything. That's also abuse too, right? There, There is a point where the evolutionists are right. It's abusive to hide and lie and, and keep things away. That's the majority thought, but there's, there's also um, on both sides, you know what I mean? And, and so it's like, for me, um, knowledge is good. Now the Bible does talk about that. You don't want to teach, of course, you don't want to teach your kids how to roll a joint and, you know, sell drugs and how this is how you cut up cocaine. You know what I mean? There's a point where knowledge is, eh, you don't need to teach them certain things, but um, this, this fear and this hiding and this, that's, that's one thing I have a problem with. Like, I went to college. I learned evolution. I learned all those things. It didn't destroy my faith. It strengthened my faith. The more I learn, the more I realize they don't have as much as they think they do. And this is ridiculous. Um, and that actually bolstered my faith. But instead of being fearful and hiding it and, you know, it actually just strengthened my faith. And, and I don't want, I want my kids to be the same way. I want them to make the decisions based off this is how I see my dad. This is how I see life. My parents didn't hide this from me. They didn't lie. And so this whole transgender thing, it's, it's the same thing. Um, kids in the fourth grade, they don't even need to be learning about sex. They don't need to be learning about these different things. It's way too early. But it doesn't mean they're not going to face it eventually. They're not going to see it. So you can't keep them blind forever, right? Um, and... You know, yeah, like I said, I, the I biggest issue we, with me is that I next, do believe. Next, yeah, next, go ahead. I think, we, I, already, I think that we already have enough resources in society that young people learn from all the time. We already have TV, television, movies, parents, family, churches, uh, organizations. Anywhere a kid goes, they're going to be exposed to this. I don't think that we require transgenders or drag queens to go into classrooms and then dance half naked with the kids in order for them to understand this. I don't think that oh, oh, we, need absolutely to not. No. we don't need to have discussions about penetration and all that with young people who shouldn't even be thinking about that crap in the first place until they've actually done something with their life. Then they can start thinking about that after they've become an adult, I think. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. I wasn't talking about that. No, I, I mean, I just meant, uh, like I was just saying, there's certain things they don't need to know yet. They're young. Like, they don't even think about those things yet. It, like the Bible talks about, it's not even on their mind. Why would you teach them that? Uh, and not only that, that is, those are sexual things. Those are things that only adults should be dealing with, not young children. And this is where uh, it's gone way out of line. See, it's we never minded the transgenders and the drag queens doing their own thing on the side. The problem was when they started bringing it in front of the kids and the schools and the libraries and wanting our kids to learn it and, and be a part of it. Why are young kids getting up and giving dollar bills to drag queens? No, I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't even want my kids seeing a bodybuilder like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the seventies in his little speedo doing stuff like that's inappropriate, you know? So 
<laughs> much less you, you end a drag queen and all that stuff on it too. That's insane. So it, it has nothing to do with them. It's just certain things are inappropriate for children. That's why we have age limits. That's why we define these things. Like... I also hey, Amy, wanted... how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Hi, Brett. Hi, Nick. I just also want to point out drag queen story hour isn't sexual. The conservative fundamentalists, religious people have tried very hard to try and make it so. But generally speaking, it's only like one or two bougie schools in California. No one knew who they are until the religious fundamentalists kind of searched them out. And then what they do is they create what I would call a narrative. They create a narrative that they can easily give out to religious conservatives. It generally goes, help, help, please look at the women and children. They've kind of done that for 100 or 200 years. So at least in the American political scheme, they generally don't care about the women or children either. If you actually get into any women's or children's issues, uh, detransitioners tend to be one to two percent of uh, the transgender community, a vast, tiny minority within a minority. And so we should support them, but just like you were saying, we shouldn't actually not help people transition just because this small minority uh, regretted it. We should try and vet that out. It generally is vetted out. And we're just trying to get more people to support. Uh, and evolution is taught in school because the backbone of modern biology. Um, and so it, it's why we don't teach any specific religion. And yeah, I guess that was some of my main things, but send in love to you all. I only have like 15 minutes because I'm going to go see the Nike movie tonight, but I just wanted to come on because I couldn't help. Well, I appreciate you coming in, Amy. I always enjoy having you and talking to you, and I've been on your show before, and I've talked to you. Actually, it wasn't my scheduled setup that I was just going to spend like three hours going on about these kind of issues. Got a lot of things in my mind, but you know how I treat my room. It's kind of like anybody comes in, they start a topic or a discussion, we'll talk about anything. Just, I guess, people hear us going and they say, well, I guess this is what we're sticking with. Remember, it's like <laughs> a chat room, folks. We can talk about anything. What do you think, Amy, about waiting until people are at least uh, between 18 and 20 before really making decisions about sexual development and physical changes to their body? Do you think it's okay to go for a 12-year-old or a 13-year-old in this matter? Well, when it comes to permanent changes, I think that should always be 18 unless there's an extenuating circumstance in which someone is going to severely hurt themselves i think that it's a good guideline to do those sorts of things as adults and that's generally the guidelines we have in the united states it is a sliding uh, scale from puberty if they're dealing with issues which starts with therapy you shouldn't be starting with any sort of chemicals or anything you should just be talking with them and trying to figure out maybe they just want to wear dresses and they still feel perfectly fine in their gender and so you then as they get older and you have what's called a persistent uh, uh trying to think what the the correct word when you have a consistent dysphoria then you then start to move on. And as they get older, you start to move on. When you say, we don't want to put you on a hormone 
because that's a more per a little bit more permanent can let's start you on a puberty blocker and if it continues to be persistent and they're getting much older into their late teens then it should be a conversation about hormones and if all of those three things are there and it's been vetted by therapist and i think that at 18 you should be able to make that choice i will say that i i agree with you that uh, like like Nick was saying, I agree that we make a lot of shitty decisions as children. It's kind of a parent's job to guide them. I will also just point out that the people who get the who get made fun of when once again that doesn't seem like a, a important thing, and yet I think it goes back to a lot of the problems in our country, which once again is bullying the people who get bullied the worst as well. If I decided to transition this moment, I may have looked very different than if I had transitioned when I was 18, 19. If I may. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, Amy, I myself, whenever I was saying earlier, whenever I was a kid, I was bullied all the time about weight my appearance, my looks, the way I talk. I mean, you name it, I got made fun of for whatever they could creatively come up with that day. And then I got to go home to an abusive father and family I'm and so all that. Sorry. It didn't make me never at any point. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought the people who were actually specifically aggravating me, kicking their ass, I would have had no remorse or regress, regret on it. But getting a gun and actually go going into a school with the idea of shooting a bunch of people that had nothing to do with it. I don't understand that. I could give you my opinion. Why? I well, think... hold on. Oh no. Yes. Nick, you wanted to say something. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, well what I wanted to say was, um, yes, I, I, it, it's one thing to, if they want to transition with non-permanent, things right because like i was saying even when i was 18 and got a tattoo i mean 10 15 i mean i've talked to uh, this guy that was working for me on my crew and he was like i don't ever want to have kids and i'm like well come on you're only 19 you don't know that oh no i know i never want to have kids and then you know after about four months of talking to me he's like well okay mate and it's like he wanted to get snipped you know and never have kids never have to worry about that and and i'm like man it's when you're 18 compared to when you're 34 those are decisions so i i get it um if it if you want to do that with clothes and other things but permit decisions i mean they don't even let people in my state if you're not 21 you can't buy tobacco and so my thing is you know these hormones these other things it really is irreparable i mean my friend that is transitioning now he's in his mid-20s almost maybe his 30s you know so i got nothing to say to him and that's why i'm like all right i love you man or i, I don't say man anymore i say i love you scarlet and, and i hope you're well you know and and i part of me thinks he reached out because she thought i was going to tell him uh, or tell her you know i don't ever want to talk to you and i think she wanted that kind of attention but then she was so happy that i was still supportive that we talk all the time now you know and it's not i'm not saying that i don't think that it's a reality what I'm saying is that 
There's so much financial. There's so much popular push. There's so many other things. And not only that, there's so many young children that even even when you're 21, you don't even really know what you want, right? To, to then affect the rest 60 years of your life, um, that's a big deal, you know? And so when they're doing it to these kids that are 11, 12, 13, 14, no matter how much therapy, no matter how much uh, things they're going through, like Brett said, we were all, well, we all have problems, which that's the thing we need to correct. Society, we need to stop doing that. We need to start treating people with respect and kindness and love, no matter who they are, no matter how they think, no matter what they do. And I think acceptance is the biggest part of that. We in America, we're all free to believe whatever we want. And that's what's so great. But then we need to respect each other, even if we disagree on what we believe. But I think where we come down to is when it becomes a permanent change and permanent damage, and it starts affecting things that affects everybody else. Just like when uh, people talk about, well, I don't want to wear a mask out in public. Yeah, but now you're affecting other people. But can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, please. You are, in essence, telling them to do the same thing in reverse. You're saying, let these irreparable changes happen to your body. Make sure the testosterone has fully made you look as masculine as possible. And once you are done all of your puberty, once you are done the changes that can never uh, make you look like a biological woman, then you can transition. Well, no, but see, the problem with that is that you're asking a 12, 13, 14 to make that decision. So it would be different if that was a rare case. And then it was, you know, because there were so many different doctors and studies and they've been doing it for years and then they made that decision. And and that was like, okay, yeah, this person really needs this. It's It's different when it's, so many now and then and then you get many detransitioners coming out which of course you know not all of them are talking and of course there's also not all of them talking that were successful and so this is where like i said it's it's such a delicate issue and it, it's sure. this is why we need to talk you know well amy uh, amy yeah. said that they were, needed to go in about 15 minutes and i don't want to like uh, drag them over i got four yeah. minutes I left her coming in. my my question my question is more of a, an emotional uh, question that i've always tried to understand i always try to put myself in another person's shoes to understand the suffering or the pain involved and why it is that this this even becomes a thing I thought, what would happen if Brett Keane woke up tomorrow and found out that he was turned into a blonde woman? Just magically, had a vagina, sounded like it and all this. Why would I suddenly look in the mirror at myself? Sure, I'd be surprised. I'd be like, wow, this is this is not who Brett Keane used to be or whatever. But I wouldn't want to kill myself. I wouldn't want to end my life or... Uh, start getting violently aggressive about it, I would be like, well, this is this is what life has thrown me. It's a strange, magical curve, but I guess I'll go with it. Why is it that there's this hatred towards one's own appearance or fear of it? Can I tell you why I think school shootings are happening and why I don't know your actual age, Brett, but I'm going to tell you why I think. And it's because these school shootings that are what's up Adam? Uh, these school shootings that are very specifically for whatever reason have american branding i think is following the columbine shooting i think that is the original template i think that you can see this in the fact 
that that wasn't their original event. Uh, Dylan, they wanted to create a bomb and they were not success. Thank you so very much, Apis. Same to you, Cratius Crybaby, and send love to Adam as well. I think that what happened is they were not able to set off the bomb. So that just gets thrown out. What happens is a school shooting took place, and now you have something that could be copied and pasted over and over. And what is happening, in my opinion, is there is a darkness that is coming from the power dynamics in our K through 12 system because our children treat them. They, they treat school like they're in prison. They really do. And so when they get bullied and they get picked on and they have no power, they go, I am going to get that power back. And they go, they get a weapon. Once again, this is why this isn't a transgender issue. This isn't a gun issue. What happened? Because uh, they would John Wick it. They would, yes. They, if they would take a pencil and, and stab someone if they could, because the it's the anger, the sadness. And what happens is they kill all these people and they go, oh, my, this is real. Now this is really real. And I can't take it back. I've thrown my entire life out. And then what happens? It ends them losing their life and it coming to a close and it going on and on and on. And so I implore conservatives and liberals, it has nothing to do with the easier issues. We have to look inside ourselves and, and try and raise our children to be better to other children. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I definitely that, agree. There's you, this has been a problem. This has been a problem before the transgender thing really blew up in society with bullies and abuse, not just from children and children, but teachers abusing the kids. And I've believed for a long time the education system is broken. It definitely needs changes. But I, I still can't, uh, even though there's kids that have had cruel, terrible things to them, the idea of them coming back and then killing a bunch of other innocent kids in the process, there's no way I can justify that. But there is a problem. I agree, Amy. Absolutely. Well, I don't think they feel the children they killed were innocent is the problem, right? I mean, not all of them, of course. But, I mean, and then, and then you get into other issues where, you know, racism and other things and, you know, where they feel they're better than other, but, but, but a lot of it comes down to and stems from that. Like she said, it's a power thing. It's a uh, abuse thing. It's a, I want to take control back of my life because I had no control in my life, no control from the abuse from my parents, from the children, from other people. And, and this once again, all comes down to communication, talking, and of course not allowing these things to go on. Um, so I don't know. I don't necessarily equate the school shooting issues with the other things going on. You know, I mean, there's a lot in our society and this is where America's supposed to be a free society and we should be able to talk and disagree, but still love each other and disagree on points, but still, Hey, you know what? They think this is wrong, but they still love me anyway. Well, I think they're wrong for thinking it's wrong, but I still love them anyway. And this is kind of where, you know, we have to learn to agree to disagree, but still love each other, even though we both think the other side is wrong, because we're, no one's ever going to agree on everything. And I guess that's where my, my side comes in. 
Well, Amy's agree. only got a short amount of time. What you gonna be doing tonight, Amy? I am watching the new Nike movie. Though I hear it's amazing. It's getting all good reviews from the people and the uh, and the critics. I want to say this is the last thing, and then I do have to go. I love you all. I'll give a short answer, Adam, and when I come back, I'll give you a long answer. Hindsight is always 2020. I'm very happy for my journey. And so I'm lucky for everything I had. And I'd probably do it all again, mostly the same. Well, Amy, Amy I'd love to talk to you more in the future because I got some hard questions. For, and I'm sure you got hard questions for me, too. Because Absolutely. But Nick, Adam, and Brett, I love you all. I'll see you on the next time. Love so, you. That sounds like that's going to be a good movie. I think it's the one with Ben Affleck. I always liked him as an actor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he is. Going off to see Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. All right. How are you doing there, Adam? Adam, I uh, remember we treat things like a chat room. If people come in, they start up different topics. We don't have to just stick on one thing and drive it into the ground. <laughs> right. Well, I did there. Um, Brett, in the comments, I did recommend a video. Um, you should check it out sometime. Um, the, I don't know if you remember if you saw it. Uh, it was like a couple weeks ago. Richard Dawkins made some comment about there's only two sexes or something like that. I don't know. Did you guys see that? No, I did see a Richard Dawkins video where he seems as though he was talking to like some religious philosophers and. He said some pretty interesting things. It sounded like he was more open-minded towards the concept of God. That but I haven't heard nothing about... Uh... Go ahead, tell me about it. Oh, yeah, that might have been the same interview. It was, I want to say Pierce Morgan. But anyways, I'm not. that's not what I was talking about. It's um, So someone did a video response. The guy's name is Zach B. Han- Hancock, I want to say. Let me double check. I think that any parent that calls their child or names a child Hancock needs to be spanked immediately. Hancock, footcock, what are you going to do? But uh, anyway, Zach Hancock, I actually had an opportunity to talk to Zach with um, Grayson. He's Zach is like a, um, I want to say he's like a biologist uh, or something. But anyways, he did a great video called Is Biological Sex a Simple Binary? And he responds to the Richard Dawkins things. And he talks about all these... Um, different aspects of biology and why gender and sex is a lot more complicated than just male and female. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Well, well, I would say with that, yes, um, you're right. There are many men that have a lot of feminine traits. There are many women that have a lot of male traits, but, but when it comes Mm. down to the actual, you know, I mean, you can pull up a bone from a hundred years ago and know that it was male and, 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 or female, you know what I mean? Yes. Does that mean that they were all masculine and male and how, of course not. We're not saying there's not a huge variation and, and different, you know, trust me, there's a lot of men I met. I'm like, are you sure you're dude? Are you sure? You know what I mean? And a lot of female, it's not, I'm not saying that, but when it comes down to the actual biology, when, you know, if you dig someone up, you can't say, Oh, well, like the biology, what specifically like the, um, well, the DNA, I guess. I guess I don't want to say biology because you're right. There there are some men that produce a lot less testosterone than other men. I mean, there are some men out there that produce high amounts and they're just full of it. And, and other, you know, so yeah, yes, like there's a big variation between that. So I guess there, I, I do think there is a 
difference between gender and and sex but in the end i think sex is more like the dna in the core of it right and right so what's great about this video nick is he he shows how let's say you go by the dna there's um x chromosomes and y chromosomes and there's chromosomes that are sort of unclear whether they're x or y and then there's combination of xx and xy and xxxy and then there's individuals who have xy in one part of their body and xx in another part of their body things like that like that's the type of thing i'm talking about where it's like you can have or you can have someone who you would look and think that they were female in terms of their secondary characteristics breasts maybe genitals that look like more like female genitalia but their their um chromosomes say otherwise and things like that so it's not so clear cut i think the majority of people we see are clearly male or female but it's there is so much else going on in the minority that it's there's definitely not well just, yeah, yeah i was just not about to just say that. yeah I agree with you. yeah that would yeah. be the the minority the majority correct and and so i'm not saying that there isn't a, that's why i was saying that's see with me with my creation and everything else i feel we've you know the more copies of copies of copies the, the more problems the more issues the more division the more confusion right because mm. you know when you first copy something and then you copy and copy and copy and cover you know you're we're not getting bigger better stronger personally i think we're the copies of copies of copies and that's that's what we're seeing today and that's why i'm not so hardcore like oh how dare you think like that or feel like right is that probably when you start diving into it and looking into it you're going to see that confusion. You're going to see. And personally, I think that's what the Bible has always taught in, in the beginning is that we were made a certain way. We were created perfect and we are no, we're not even close to that anymore. And so I'm not shocked at all to see all this confusion and issues and going on. And that's why I have no hate. I have no anger. And some people, I believe them. I, they're probably right. And now the majority of people, yes, but I think that minority will become bigger and bigger and bigger uh, the farther down we go the, down the chain personally. And I guess for me, it just strengthens my belief that God created us a certain way and that's how he made us. And as we get further down the chain, we have more issues and more problems. Mm. Not that they're necessarily issues and problems. It's just, it's not the way god originally designed the designer originally made us right is that and now there's only thing is that um how easily and how quickly and how young they're allowing it to happen you know what i mean it's like and, and we do see that damage we do well, see those changes and that's where can, can i you know, uh, ask you careful. both a question though I, i'd like to ask you both a question though i remember back in the late 80s through the 90s they argued that um People, some people were predetermined to be serial killers. Some people were genetically predetermined to be rapists and all this. Some were predetermined because of their genetics or something. And I never, after hearing all these kind of arguments, I never seen anybody actually show how they knew this or shown how they know some baby is going to end up one day possibly doing that. And I'm hearing the same kind of arguments nowadays stating that um, women and men have different brains and all this, and this is the transgender argument I've been hearing a lot lately, but they never demonstrate, for me at least, or I just haven't seen it, 
where this is the case. What do you guys' well, view on that? Well, well, the difference is back then they did not have the research they have today. Today, we have the machines. We have the capability to dive through and go into the DNA. And even then, it takes a long time to just go through one human's total DNA change. I mean, now I think when quantum computers come in and all those things where we can start parsing through all that info and dividing all that, those were just theories back then. And even then it was just ridiculous theories. I mean, today that there's a lot more data and evidence to support what they're saying, but I still think there's a huge financial gain. There's a huge popular gain behind it. It doesn't mean that there's not some science behind it, that there's not some things that's not, and that's why, I'm, I mean, that's why well, I'm not Nicholas, Nicholas, I made a video a while back, and Adam, he actually liked it. He said to me, he goes, that's a really damn good question. I'd asked the question, how would you be able to tell the difference between a transitional uh, fossil yeah, yeah. between that of a monkey that might have been um, disadvantaged or handicapped or was born with some kind of anomaly or whatever? How would we be able to know that even if we did get down into the DNA and all this cool quantum physics shit having to do with people's uh, anatomy or whatever, how would we be able to determine that that's actually something that was supposed to be as opposed to some kind of disability or uh, crippling thing that happened to a child when it was born? Well, we really wouldn't until until we get to the point where we can parse and go through everything and all DNA of every person born and every creature creature and every DNA. And trust me, that amount of data is so much. Well, I don't, I don't require for the entire human race to be studied like that in order to come to an answer. If they would at least take like uh, maybe 500 uh, people who are claiming that they are not um, actually male, but they're female or vice versa, and be able to show some kind of anomaly that's going on here. I would like to know, is it something that was meant predetermined or is it just some kind of, um, instead of it being excused by something like people did drugs back in the 60s and 70s, and now we're starting to see the results of it kind of argument. Or, or, or was it uh, the way they were raised in their community or yeah, but that's what I mean by they would have to have so much data collected. I mean, you're, I mean, one person's DNA, like they say, would fill the Grand Canyon with encyclopedias like 500 times. So you would have to fill 500 times that times a thousand times. You know what I mean? Now, I do think eventually one day maybe they could get there but as for now yeah you're absolutely right there's just no way to tell that and that's where we just have to like i said my thing i'm not saying my thing is that i'm just compassionate towards people is all and i can't i mean <laughs> right i was a drug i had problems i'm clean now i'm good now i can show my life you know um that's where I have a problem with when you get into children and affecting their permanent life, right? Is that we can't show that we can't, a couple therapists necessarily can't decide that, right? Or the parents can't. This is where I think they need to be of a certain age, whether, yeah, it, it would have been better if they didn't wait. But the problem is all of us who are older can say, man, there are many things I'm glad I didn't do that I thought was good for me to do when I was younger, right? And yeah. that's, so I'm, 
Some unanswered prayers are the best of all, like Garth Brooks says, right? <laughs> right Adam and, yeah. <laughs> Adam and Nick, I got a <laughs> another question for you, and this is kind of uh, this kind of scoots away from the transgender issues, which I'm sure it's annoying some people out there, but. What do you think about these school systems? Uh, TTR recently showed me an article, and then I looked into and found out that this seems to be a common thing that is happening. But teachers are asking young children what their sexual fantasies are and having them write out assignments. There was a teacher recently in Eugene that uh, basically said if you were given a butt plug, a dildo, or any of these things, and but you couldn't actually penetrate with your own body, what would you do on this? Now, what do you guys think of that? Do you think that teachers should be teaching things like that? And what is the point? Oh, it looks like Adam dropped out. Are, are you kidding me? That is wrong. And, and that is disgusting. I, I wouldn't even be asking adults that unless they signed a waiver saying they would answer questions like that. That is so inappropriate. Well, that's the thing, too, Nick. A lot of these incidences that are happening, it's not even brought up to the parents. The school systems have gotten to the point where they think their teachers can say and do whatever the hell they want. Um, back during the whole Black Lives Matter thing, during uh, the big, uh, you know, landslide of homosexuality and society about marriages, it's like the teachers immediately wanted to start pushing all this into the classrooms. But the thing that gets me the most is we're hearing more and more in schools about teachers getting kids, students pregnant. This is becoming more and more common. And on top of that, why are they asking children to do assignments having to do with their sexual fantasies and fetishes? That They should go to jail for that. I'm sorry. That's, that's not even acceptable. Um, they, they they shouldn't even be asking that in adult classes unless they're signing waivers. I mean, that's, there's no reason for children to even be thinking or talking about these things, especially with teachers. That's what the parents are there for. If they're learning about things like this, they need to go talk to their parents. I, I don't understand that at all. Um, and that's the whole thing with the drag queens reading books to the kids. And uh, it, it's just that is. I'm sorry. Kids don't even need to be thinking about stuff like that. Now, if they are learning things like that from other kids and they need to go talk to their parents, that's why we have parents. That's why we have families. That is why um, that is just so far out there. I don't even know what to say. Just like they're talking about all those books that have been put in their libraries that they can check out. Uh, with the sexual orientations and the, the different positions and uh, why, why are kids learning this stuff? I remember when my younger sister was in the ninth grade. And even then, back then I was, I think I was a third year in college or second year in college. And I remember her telling me that they handed out stickers that had condoms on it that said, just wear it. And they were passing out condoms. And I'm like, in the ninth grade, I mean, now they're doing it in the fourth grade, fifth grade. Uh, I mean, it's one thing to have them up front for the kids that are doing that know about it. It's another thing to be teaching them all about it, handing them out and forcing all of them to confront that. That is just crazy. I couldn't even believe that. I'm like, I, I remember when my girlfriend went down on me in the 11th grade. I'm like, I didn't even know girls did stuff like this. They're doing this in sixth grade seventh grade fourth grade oh my goodness i thought cooties were real back then it's just 
I can't even understand. And part of that is the parents aren't protecting what's being shown on TV. They, it's being pushed down more and more and more. I mean, my children, okay, my, my kids are very, very young. And I have Hulu and uh, Netflix and uh, what's the uh, Roku, right? So I'm watching this um, ambulance TV show that's for kids zero to three. And most episodes are great and stuff. And the next thing you know it, uh, this one kid comes on and she says, oh, my moms are here. And I'm like, wait, what? And there's two moms. And then the ambulance dads are gay ambulances together. And then they're talking about how they're a family and how there's gay moms and gay dads. And and, how, and I was just like, wait, this is for zero to three-year-olds? They don't even need to be thinking about this stuff. I mean, they, I mean, I get it. They weren't pushing the sexual aspect, but it was still like, wow. And this is why Christians and the average parents who even aren't Christians, they get upset about this because why are you teaching this to my zero to three-year-old child or two-year-old child? This is where um, I get it if you want to put it in your movies and your other things and leave it as normal. It's different when their agenda is to push it on younger and younger and younger. And so this is where I get upset because I don't even want my kids thinking about those things yet, you know? You know, um, Nick, whenever I, uh, me and TTR, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. When I, when I was a non-believer, I used to be confused with the constant insistence on homosexuality being bad by the Christian groups out there. And I'd talk to them about it. And one of the arguments Christians used to tell me is that if you open up the gateway, you open up the door for homosexuality, it's going to open up arguments for pedophilia and all kinds of different stuff. And I remember thinking, oh, that's ridiculous. Homosexuality and pedophilia are not the same thing. Adults are consenting and then a pedophilia is violating a child. But I've noticed that the more and more the stuff keeps coming out the more people think it's okay to engage children and i'm hearing more arguments about normalizing pedophilia and having relationships with children and students and all this um i hate to say it but as dumb as i thought the argument was back then now nowadays i just kind of stand back in awe that a lot of christians were right when they argued this i don't know if it's necessarily christians or even homosexual it's just more the people behind it are using everybody both sides to push their agenda you know and this is where we have to be careful i don't think we need to be pushing these things and ideas on any children that's for the parents to teach us for for it'd be different if i went to click on the episode and it said hey this is what's in it okay i don't care if i show my kids this that's my choice it's another thing to sneak it in. I'm watching the episode and then I realize halfway through it, wait, what? They're doing, the, I, we've been watching this show for two months and this is the first time we saw this to my young nine-month-year-old child. It'd be different if, if it was in the description and they said those things and I decided, well, that's fine. I want my children to see this is normal. It's not a big deal. That was my choice. It's another thing to sneak it in and not tell me. that. That's where I get upset, right? Is that, if I hadn't been watching the episode, I would have never known that my children were absorbing this. So um, I, I hate to say that I'm sure the pedophile people are also using homosexuals 
to push their agenda too, right? I'm not saying that they're necessarily all bad. I don't agree with them. I think it's wrong. But we're in America. They have their right. They have, you know what I mean? But the shows need to be upfront about it. That's my problem with it. I don't want it being sneaked in one episode out of three years of seasons, right? And, and then I don't know about it. And I think my kids are watching a wholesome show. And the next thing I know, they're sneaking in their ideas. And it, it, right, even then, right, the same same thing goes in reverse. What a homosexual couple want their kids to watch a Christian show that says that homosexuality is bad, that we don't tell them and we hide that it's a Christian show and we sneak in all these Christian ideas and godly and how homosexuality. No, they would be upset, too. Right. Shouldn't it be right up front? Hey, this is a godly show. This is what we believe. If your kids watch this, then they're going to learn these ideas. That's all I'm saying is that there needs to be a transparency on both sides. I don't want Christians to sneak it into them and I don't want them to sneak it into us. It should be a open, honest statement up front. Yeah, I've had that happen quite a few times where I got surprised by things that I didn't expect to be in a specific show. Like just recently, there was a show created based upon a very popular video game called Last of Us. It's basically that a virus breaks out, turns people into like walking dead plant monsters or something. And uh, for whatever reason in the show, they decide to take one of the characters where it's always been implied in the video game, the guy may be gay and people kind of realize that, but it wasn't no big deal. But in the show, they decided to add a huge, an entire hour and a half worth of a show where you see three times, three times where two males are bullfrogging each other in the bed and they're letting you actually see it, not like fading away from the door or anything like this. And my, I had my uh, young adult uh, kids with me, 20 years old, and we were watching because we thought this was based on a video game my kid likes. And suddenly we're watching three damn things, segments of this, which was not in the game at all. I, I, I don't think that that was creative or artistic. I felt like it really damaged the show. It had nothing to do with what the show was about. And to be honest with you, Nicholas, I've said this, and some people might call me a stiff, but I don't even give a damn if James Bond is having sex with a woman and it's a straight couple. I don't give a shit to see sex on TV unless I'm interested in porn. What the fuck am I looking at? Exactly, well, and that's my point where it it should be front what it's about even i mean if we're if we have a christian and they're like they make statements like oh it's wrong if you're almost it's wrong and then it's like they, they need to know before they watch the movie that that's what it's about i don't understand why they can't just be clear why do they have to put their messages in and sneak it and hide it from us and this is where they need to be clear and straightforward this is what we mean this is what we believe. like when you watch pure flicks you know they're about a christian and they're about it should be the same thing oh well, uh, we're going to do – they got to stop pushing agendas and, and, and instead just have good entertainment. And like you said, it would be one thing if they just faded away and left it alone. It's another thing to sit there and, and, and push the image. And so I, I'm I'll not give you another that, example, I'm Nick. Right. Something. I'll give you another example that surprises me too. It's uh, I don't know if you've noticed this or you're even a fan of comic books. I'm a big fan of Batman, but Superman's pretty cool too. 
Now, lately, in the last five years, they've tried to push comic books where Superman turns gay. And then they wanted to do like a race exchange with him where they wanted to turn Superman black. And I'm thinking to myself, with all the cool black superheroes out there and with all these writers, why can't they create their own characters? Why do they have to replace races or do that? You do know that if if a writer turned around and suddenly said on television, we're going to take Spawn, who is originally a black person who becomes the superhero spawn and turn them white or into a ginger people lose their fucking mind they'd be like why what why do that for why do we need to do that yeah well and it'd be different if like they did with miles mcpherson in the multiverse or not no miles uh, morales that was actually a that was a cool storyline they i mean i hate the multiverse i mean they're pushing their evolution stuff but was kind of a cool storyline and then gwen uh the the female spider one and then they had all these different they had the pig spider and i'm like that was actually a good story it, it but it's different when they're trying to change the original story i agree it's stop using good original stories to change the agenda just like uh, there's no reason to do that i i get it um i i I don't get it, I guess. <laughs> I say I get it, but I it's, don't. For me, Nick, it's not just the homosexuality thing, though. It's just seen like uh, just this crazy, like uh, angry sex all of a sudden out of nowhere whenever you're supposed to be watching like a, a movie or a show based upon a video game. I remember a while back, I used to be a big fan of Kevin Costner. I still like some of his movies. But he was in a movie a while back where he was playing some kind of reckless guy who was trying to uh, build a relationship with his son. That was what the formula of the movie was supposed to be about. But at some point in time, he goes into a bar, he starts flirting with this woman that's behind the bar, and then suddenly throws her down on a table and begins eating her ass. What the hell does this have to do with a man trying to build a relationship with his kid that he never knew he had? And where, how did this just blow up out of nowhere? You see what I mean? I don't like to be shocked like that. Yeah, they just, the it's like they just push more and more to make things more normal, which to me goes back to the agenda of pushing everything to make it normal, where eventually it's okay to be a dog and a cat and a panther and a, this and that and, and, and it all goes back to the androgyny into we're all animals we're all this is where you know like i said the bible predicted this a long time ago we're we're gonna go back to the days of noah where all thoughts were evil continually and they may not think they're evil but according to the scripture they are evil so um that's why i'm not that shocked by it i i hate to see it it makes me realize we're getting closer and closer i don't think we're there i don't think we're like getting over 2028 I, it's ridiculous <laughs> another cult. it's another cult belief um ridiculous theory how many hundreds like my wife would be like well but we are getting closer we're, i'm like honey do you understand that this isn't the first or the second or the third or the hundredth or the, I just don't believe that anymore. I do believe that the Bible says eventually, yes, we're going to get there. We are nowhere to the point where every man's thought or evil continuously. I'm sorry. Mine aren't. I know my friends aren't. I know the people I talk to aren't, but there was a point during the days of Noah that every man's thought was evil. Think about that. Every thought was about 
raping, killing, stealing, every single thought in every human's mind was that bad and evil, except for Noah and his sons. Like, that's, to me, that's mind-blowing. We are nowhere near that, you know? We're getting there. There's a lot of evil, a lot of wrong going on, but we aren't there. And so, um, and even then, not my problem, you know? That's, that's it's, it's funny, too. We choose in society what groups are allowed to be offended and what groups are not. I can't, a long time ago, I could have walked around in the mall with my wife, and if I seen two people, two heifers slobbering over each other right out in public, I could say, hey, get a fucking room there, sir. You know, you could say that and stuff, and it wouldn't cause any kind of hatred or a riot or anything like that. But nowadays, people slobber all over each other, and you say something about it, and they're like, oh, you're harassing me. You're, you know, I'm going to sue you for offending me and shit. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're treating this fucking, uh, this public organization as though it's like some place where you can just strip and bang right here on the bench and shit. How, how did this happen in society? I think well, you're right. I, I think mean, we're, I think we're scratching Tom and Gamora. I don't want to see it. It could be two good looking people. I don't want to see them slobbering all over each other in front of my children. It's one thing to have a kiss or, I mean, not only that, uh, uh, imagine this, like, do you know, when I go to work, I have to dress a certain way. And I mean, I got to wear construction clothes. And, or when I had an office job, I had to wear a suit and a tie. Oh, but because I want to dress like a 10-year-old child and look, you know, young, half naked, like a two. No, look, I'm sorry that you have to dress a certain way to go to work. We all do. We all have to look a professional way. The people at McDonald's have to wear suits. They have to wear a shirt. They have to wear a shirt and slacks. People that work at Piggly Wiggly, the people work at the gas station, they have to dress a certain way. But because I don't allow you to show up in a tight little dress as a man with knit on, therefore I'm against you as a trans. No, look, buddy, I got to show up to work in clothes I don't want to wear. Why don't you have to show up in a uniform too? That that's That's part of being a responsible adult. We have to wear things we don't want to wear. Now, in your private life, if you want to go dress up like that, go for it. It's like that that um, guy in Canada. He wore those double D fake boobs. It was all over the news, you know, and you could see the hard nipples through it. And he wore a tiny little skirt in front of his kids in the classroom. They were like, I think, fifth or sixth grade or something. And he sued the school saying it was harassment that I couldn't dress this way. And, and they're like, but he's dressing sexual. He's wearing double D fake boobs in front of these kids that have the nipple outlined. It's like, dude, we all have to wear certain clothes to go to work. Why don't you? Now, if you want to walk around in your private life like that, no problem. But if you have to show up to work, you have to dress a certain way. But he was suing the school saying they were being against me because I'm transgender. I'm this or that. No, I, I don't look. I don't care what you do in your private life. That's your private life. If you want to go and do that. Now, there is a point where you're being lewd and um, dressing like a hooker. I mean, many women dress like that that shouldn't. Right. It's not just transgender. There's many women that shouldn't dress that way, too, in public. I mean, e even girls today, a lot of times it's like the line between what's appropriate or not, they don't always understand that. But that doesn't, has nothing to do with their beliefs or, or any of that. It's just when we go to work, we have to dress professionally. 
that's it. What you do in your private life is fine. What you do in public is also what other people have to deal with. You know, I don't want to see a girl that's 300 pounds and spandex with the fat rolls rolling out and her nipples hard and rock. I don't want to see that. I mean, it's, it's too much. Now, it's not illegal, but you definitely shouldn't be showing up to work like that if you want to keep your job. You can't then turn around and sue them because you lost your job because you showed up. It's like it's like you should tell my wife. She now my wife's always pretty much dressed very appropriately, but sometimes she wears something. I say, okay, so when I go out today, I'm gonna wear spandex that wraps around my balls, and then my penis is gonna be outlined, so every girl's gonna see how big my penis is, and and you can see my butt crack and, and my butt lines, and and I'm gonna just wear such tight clothes. And oh, you know what? Actually, my shorts. Goodness are gracious, so Nick! It sounds like you put some thought into this. Oh, I'm just saying, like, uh, I can, I wear shorts where just the bottom of my balls hang out. Don't worry. That's, that's fine, right? What's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, but your, but your tits can hang out in public? No. Oh, but you're not okay with the bottom of my, but they can't see my old nuts. It's just the bottom, right? And, and when I said it that way, she's like, oh, that's a good point. And, but see, women don't think that way. What's wrong with my boobs hanging out right to my nipple? Okay, well, then what's wrong with my, Penis being covered except for my balls, right? I mean, that's it's inappropriate in public. That's where, you know, it's not a against you and how you want to be. It's just in public. There's a certain way to be at work. We all have to dress a certain way. That that's all it is. Well, Nick, you heard that question that I asked earlier. Just to get back on just the transgender thing for a moment, what would you do if you woke up tomorrow and you? had the physical appearance of a woman. Would this make you suicidal? Do you think that you would hate yourself for it? I mean, really think about it. Sure, you'd be surprised. You'd be shocked. But would you suddenly hate who you're looking at in the mirror? Would you just feel all kinds of horribleness about yourself just simply because you become a woman? I personally think that women are the most magnificent gift from God along with children. But um, what would you do? Oh, no. no, are you kidding me? I wake up every day and I go, I used to have muscles. Now I have man boobs. <laughs> I used to be a good looking 27 year old man that could wear muscle shirts. And now, now I have a gut and man boobs. Like <laughs> I wake up every day going, I'm not who I imagine myself to be. So no, I would not want to kill myself. Otherwise I would have killed myself already. I mean, come on. None of us look the way we did in our 20s, right? Or even if we did. That's one of the reasons, Nick. That's one of the reasons why I feel as though there's some kind of mental illness involved in all this. Because, I mean, I've thought about it. I've really put myself in other people's places. And uh, although I haven't always been proud of my divine features and all that, especially when I was younger, I never thought to myself, ah, damn, this can't be... Um, I just can't learn to develop into it and be able to get used to it and become stronger, confident in all this. It just seems to me that what's so weird is you got all these people running around saying it's honorable to be yourself, yet they think that wearing makeup and certain clothes and doing things is who their identity actually is. Wearing certain makeup and wearing it a certain way, that's what makes a woman that's not what I've ever thought a woman was, was the lipstick she wore or how tight the skirt was. Where did they get these ideas that that is what a woman is? Exactly. And 
it's like I tell my wife every day, I said, look, honey, the fact that you can roll out of bed and wear, sometimes she can be like, I always wear boys clothes. I'm like, honey, then you're the most beautiful boy I've ever seen. I'm sorry. You're ridiculous. So are you saying I'm gay because I'm attracted to you? I mean, no offense. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's silly to me. Um, I think that's the way society portrays and pushes on people, which is sad because it shouldn't be that that way. It really I is. I wonder where our buddy Adam inside. Um, what? <laughs> oh. oh, sorry, Nick. We were having a little bit of delay. It really there, is. But I was curious I mean, what happened to Adam as well as a couple other people. I was hoping more people would join us for the conversation. I'm enjoying my conversation with you. I was just curious what's going on out there. Yeah, well, that's why I came on. I just I haven't been able to talk. Or, I mean, me and you talk all the time, and I, I love it when you call and say hi. And That's why I get so mad at people. They, they just, it's like, you guys don't even know about it. He, he's actually a really good guy. He, how many times have you called me and just said hi? I really appreciate it more than you know. So, And you had no reason into there it wasn't for show it was i mean come on i haven't been on your show in like two months three months and you still called me probably once a week you know once every really to say hi and to see how we're doing and my family's doing and i really appreciate that it's see you're a good friend i appreciate the time you spend and we always have good talks even when we're not live you know what i mean so uh, thank you i really appreciate that oh by the way did julie tell you she got her man a t-shirt well, geez, I'm gonna have to see that. Yeah, I'm gonna send you. You should use it because it's freaking awesome. Now she wants to get the praise. I am flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you guys getting along with praise? I am now, or is there still a problem? I don't know. I haven't done any of this stuff in so long. I mean, being sick and doing this you know, trying to make money with the kids and everything else going on. I mean, it's just, I've been, I've been slammed lately. So but when I saw you invite me on tonight and everything, I was like, I got to go say hi to Brad online. So like I said, you've taken so much time to call me and everything. I thought we're going to have a fun talk tonight. I better go on. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of weird stuff on YouTube, but mostly I'm pretty happy. You may be happy to hear about this, but I recently, uh, had a guy work on my computer, and he ended up putting a couple terabytes into it, so I got a lot more storage now. Nice. What about the RAM or anything like that? Is, is it running better at least? Well, I already had a, a lot of RAM in the computer, but I didn't have, I only had like 500 gigs of storage. And being that I'm a gamer and also work with a lot of other software, I was just totally running on empty on that. But now I've got enough to last me a lifetime on this. And uh, he, I also told him to give the computer a look over and I asked him, is this thing going to work for, um, I already know it works with a lot of video editing software, but I said, look, there's a game coming that I really, really want to make sure my computer has the oomph to play it. And that's Starfield. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I'm really excited about that. So a new one's coming out, like with all the. I'm curious. I gotta watch and see what's coming out then, because yeah, that's a that's an old old game that's been around for a long time. Well, it's getting uh, Bethesda took over the company, and they're make they have been spending 25 years making this project, and um, 
if you've ever played Fallout or Skyrim or Oblivion or Morrowind, it's the same company that made those games are going to make a game where you'll be able to go out in space, visit worlds, and it's just going to be unbelievably awesome. Basically an infinite universe. Nice. Yeah, I, I played Fallout, I think, four, I think, one time I played. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mixed with the Star Game. Yeah, that's probably, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, that's going to take a lot of storage and RAM and all that stuff. So, yeah, I can see. Plus, you know, when the hard drive fills up, things start crashing. It doesn't function right. And I was, dude, I was the computer guru. I've probably done like 20,000 computer repairs. I just, I just got to the point where I like building with my hands. And I still fix computers for people I care about on the side, you know, but I just, not like I used to be, so. The only thing that doesn't seem to be running properly on my computer, and it's not uh, my computer's fault, but StreamYards, they've been adding a lot of really cool new stuff to it, but it has a lot of latency issues now. I, I don't know if you noticed, but up in the left-hand corner, almost every, shit, two minutes, it looks like the stream is getting ready to die, and then it goes back up. I don't know what's up with that. Um. Well that part of that is it could be the ethernet card going into your computer you might need to update to a gigabyte one but if your internet um you know whoever your internet provider is isn't there's no point to update the card if the internet stream isn't coming in faster than the card can handle you know what i mean sometimes you can do like a pci where you split the ethernet card between two ports and then that can speed it up but if the data is only so far, like me out here in the middle of nowhere, I'm I'm blessed to even get DSL. So I'm like, oh, man, for a while I was on satellite. It was terrible. The latency was terrible, but at least I had something. And then I was so mad because the local guy, I told him, I said, I don't want to, you know, go into a two-year contract if you're going to upgrade the local DSL network. He's like, oh, no, no, it's going to be years before you can get DSL. You know, it's all full. Nobody's going to get off of it. And then like six months later, I ran into him and he's like, oh, we upgraded everything. And I'm like, seriously, I'm in a two year contract now. So once my contract ended, I, I'm like, ditch the satellite. And I went to DSL and I've been so happy. But compared to cable or, you know, fiber optics and all that stuff, we are ancient. But man, it's better than satellite. So I'm happy. You remember I was talking to you a while back about artificial intelligence and AI and how they're able to make it appear as though someone's saying something that they're not? Oh, yeah. Let me show you something. Be... Now, you've seen Donald Trump a hundred times. You've heard him talk, right? Absolutely, yeah. Check this out. Look what AI did with Donald Trump. You will never be a real woman. You have no womb. You have no ovaries. You have no eggs. You are a homosexual man twisted by drugs and surgery into a crude mockery of nature's perfection. All the validation you get is two-faced and half-hearted. Behind your back, people mock you. Your parents are disgusted and ashamed of you. Your friends laugh at your ghoulish appearance behind closed doors. Men are utterly repulsed by you. Thousands of years of evolution have allowed men to sniff out frauds with incredible efficiency. Even trannies who pass look uncanny and unnatural to a man. Your bone structure is a dead giveaway. And even if you manage to get a drunk guy home with you, he'll turn tail and bolt the second he gets a whiff of your diseased, infected axe wound. You will never be happy. 
you wrench out a fake smile every single morning and tell yourself it's going to be okay, but deep inside you feel the depression creeping up like a weed, ready to crush you under the unbearable weight. Eventually it'll be too much to bear. You'll buy a rope, tie a noose, put it around your neck, and plunge into the cold abyss. Your parents will find you, heartbroken but relieved, that they no longer have to live with the unbearable shame and disappointment. They'll bury you with a headstone marked with your birth name, and every passerby for the rest of eternity will know a man is very dead. Your body will decay and go back to the dust, and all that will remain of your legacy is a skeleton that is unmistakably male. This is your fate. This is what you chose. There is no turning back. What do you think wow. about that? That's AI. Yeah, well, I mean, you could tell the video was off, but the audio wasn't. You know what I mean? And and it's sad because you know it was someone on the left that wrote that and did that. You know, and what's crazy too is uh, Donald Trump did more for the homosexual movement than even Biden. I mean, he did oh, more. I know oh, that. Biden, I know. Oh, I know that. And he also hired a bunch of uh, homosexuals and all that. He fought for the LGBT. They made him out to look like he was racist, xenophobe, homophobe, all that stuff. I know. That's yeah, it's, the point. The point was the, the yeah. idea wasn't to make Trump look like an asshole. I, I, I dig Trump. The idea was to see what AI is capable of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Trump did good. I don't necessarily dig him, but I don't diss him. He's better than most of the people we have, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, it's scary what AI is capable of. And, and soon it's going to get worse and worse, and you'll just never know the difference. That's that's where we're coming to an age. All right. Well, um, it's I'm too bad Jen gonna... Marie and Veckel don't join us. Wouldn't mind hearing what they've been up to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to go on you here soon, but it's, uh, I gotta be up in the morning. I've been sick. I'm barely, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm barely not even able yeah, to you stay sound like you're, You sound like it's pretty rough, man. It sounds like somebody took you out in a dark alleyway and beat the hell out of you with a wiffle bat. It's rough, man. I hope you get to feeling better. Uh, thank you, brother. I really love talking with you, man. And um, anyway, send me the next link, and hopefully I'll have some time to come on with you again. I, I miss doing the show with you, and uh, I always appreciate your calls, and, and you, you, you have a good night, and everybody out there listening, you too. We got anybody out there believes in God, pray to God for Nick as well as his family. His kids are sick right now, and he's just been getting over his sickness and kind of held him out of work and all that. So if anybody wants to do some prayer for him, that would be great. All right, brother. And I will send you the pictures of Julie in the, the shirt. And maybe I got to get one with the shirt and the praise I am flip flops. That'd be great. <laughs> so. All right. Well, make sure you guys take a good picture because I'll probably use it as one of the advertisements in my videos. Tell people, hey, go get the shirt and everything. That'd be cool. Absolutely. Evie, say hi. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> my daughter, she's at my feet saying, Dad. That was a strong <laughs> high right there. Like, hey. <laughs> All right, brother. You have a good night. It was good talking to you guys. All right. See you later there, Nick. Well, if right, anyone see. got any questions or 
topics. Anybody want to come in? I don't like to, if I wanted to do a solo video, I could do that. I was, I open these so I can have conversations with people and see what's on people's mind. Jen, tell me a little bit about yourself. Echo, what have you been up to? Jen says, I'm a quiet person. I enjoy listening though. I'd love to pray for him. That's good. That's good. Let's see. Veckel says there's a Biden version of this exact, I guess, saying or speech. Sure, sure. Well, anybody want to talk or is that it? Everybody tired? I'll give it about a minute for people to come on in. As I said, I've got good news. My computer's got some new storage added to it. I've been a Enjoying a television show with my daughter called The Practice, which is about defense attorneys and DA and all that and how they deal with strange and unusual cases. And I find that neat. We also like watching forensics and scientific stuff. Yep. How many people think that society's going to hell out there? Type one. Type two, if you like things just the way they are. Wonder where my buddy Adam went. I had a good conversation with him last show. Mm. Gonna have to do something with uh, str the stream yard, so. Hey, Adam's back. Adam, what happened to you, fella? All right, sir. All right. Oh, what happened? Um. I was in a live stream, and then they just started talking about, like, sex with children and eating ass and gay bashing and transphobia. And it was just like, it kind of got a bit much, or it was like two hours of all of that. Just, I don't know, on a Christian broadcast, no less. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Well, that could be a little much. <laughs> it's good you came over to this live show. I wouldn't want you to have to sit through somebody's live show doing that. Yeah. <laughs> So what you been up to? How's your health been? And uh, last time we talked, you were looking into stuff about how the big bang's getting throttled and a bunch of other neat things. Anything new? There is actually. I have a major update on the on the big bang. You're, are you ready for this, Brett? All right. Um. They so there's some they they're having some issues with the big bang model. And so the other day, or I think it was mm, a couple months ago, they came up with a new idea. The uh, second other Big Bang that overlaps with the Big Bang called the Dark Big Bang. The Dark Big Bang? Yeah. What's this all about? So they can't, I think the main motivation for it is they can't account for all these problems with dark matter. And so they decided if they make the timeline of ordinary matter and dark matter two separate things, they invented a dark Big Bang that happened one month after the regular Big Bang. It's the silliest thing in the world I've ever heard of. But um, it's like they, they have to come up with a second Big Bang to try to make it work, basically. Oh, that's weird. Why? How does that help, though? I mean, even if you said there's 10,000 Big Bangs after the first one, what the hell does that do for the argument? Well, they can't explain how dark matter got there, so they have to start a new Big Bang, a separate Big Bang to explain how dark matter works. And then there's certain events that they want to account for, 
that they can't get it to work unless dark matter wasn't there at a certain time and then it came later and then they can stick it in wherever they want and then they can like make it go away and put in other words they can make it so adjustable that any point in the timeline that they need dark matter to be there they can put it there but anytime that dark matter is a problem they can take it out and they can just adjust anything to to fit observation no matter what it is but I, I I don't get it. I I mean we all we've come to the comprehension of the whole singularity and the expansion. So what are they saying? Some materials came out of the original one, and then somehow uh, dark matter came from this. I don't I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I something like there's this. Um, can't remember the terminology, but there's like some field that didn't unfold until one month later or something like that. But then it like it's like its own big bang. It's like its own explosion or expansion of this dark matter. It's like there's two different universes overlapping, and the dark universe overlaps with the uh, otherwise ordinary universe. Well, Adam, isn't that fascinating? Because I mean, I, I've talked to you and Vecla about this uh, a while back. I said, "How do we know that we don't have several thousand or million universes overlapping ours and ours overlapping others? How do we know that that's not the case? Because the place is so big." And plus, I said, logically, it seems like if it could happen once, why wouldn't we have several expansions of? Uh, different forms of universe coming out of the one source or others now that's neat it doesn't make sense in the black the dark matter thing that you're talking about but definitely uh, that was something i threw out a while back people said no nah, that's not how it works right <laughs> well that is how it works now <laughs> they just anything they need they'll put it in there so if you need another universe just stick it in there you need an extra big bang I mean, they make up dark matter, and now they have a new universe overlapping with ours with a new Big Bang to explain it. Can it have a dangerous effect on our universe? Is there something that can go wrong? What, dark matter? Yeah, I mean, we still at this point, dark matter is kind of an exotic thing where nobody really knows how to describe it. Is it at this point, have we come to the conclusion it may cause harm to this universe? Brett, dark matter doesn't exist. It's made up. It's fictional. Well, I, I know that's your view, but you're talking from the perspective of the people. How is something going to harm us if it's made up? <laughs> it's protected. Right. Right, I, I get that, but you're talking from their perspective. That's what I mean. Have they concluded that, that this might be an issue if we were to propose that it was actually real? So if dark matter worked the way they're proposing, I don't think it really interacts with, it only interacts with matter gravitationally is my understanding. But there's like, now they have a bunch of different, that's the other thing is now they have these like new forms of dark matter. It's not just dark matter anymore. There's like, double dark matter and cannibal dark matter and dark radiation. And I swear to God, there's one called like Godzilla. It's like Darkzilla super dark matter or something. It's so retarded. Like it's so dumb that I can't even believe it at this point. Darkzilla. Huh? Let me see oh, what it, what they call it. I was reading this paper. What do you think about all that back clothes? Is this getting crazy or what? Honestly, couldn't tell you too much about the, the dark matter stuff. So it's one of those areas I really haven't 
sat down and researched myself. I mean, hearing people say that it's made up, uh, that's my first time hearing anybody say that. Uh, and uh, so that that's interesting to me. I'm not saying that it's wrong or that it's right, because I honestly don't know. It's not an area that I studied, but I've always heard, you know, all my life, uh, dark matter, this dark matter, that as if it's a real thing. And uh, yeah, so this is my first time hearing that it's uh, that it's not a real thing. So I don't know. Well, Adam, well, Adam me, puts it as though oh, go. You go ahead, Adam. You explain me, it what you like. Let me clarify. So there's, you know, they they make observations of the rotation curves of these galaxies, and in order for it to work, either gravity has to be different, like the laws of gravity have to be wrong, or they expect that there's a whole there's a whole bunch of missing mass, like there's mass there that we're not that's not um a, we're not observing it. And it's needed to, to make the galaxies rotate the way we're seeing them. So that's that's there. That's a that's a thing. What and then some people in the early, especially in the early days, thought that dark matter was just ordinary matter like stars and planets and stuff. Um, that was just in the dark, like it literally was just normal matter that wasn't um, lit up. But now they have it as. A sp its own special exotic particle that isn't made out of protons and neutrons and stuff. It's like its own form of exotic matter. That's the part that doesn't exist. That's the part that's invented. Um, the idea that there is missing mass and there's some kind of objects out there. I do. I do think that there's additional mass. There's there's um, matter out there that we didn't see because it's in the dark. I do believe in that. That's if if you want to call it dark matter that. What I'm saying is is the the exotic non-baryonic matter that they made up, that part is completely invented. They've looked all over for it. They've done the, all these experiments in laboratories to try to find it. And it's they've they've shown that it doesn't exist, basically. So another thing too, Vekel, I don't know if you've heard Adam talk about this, but he doesn't go along with the Big Bang and all that either. He's got a different theory on how the universe works and all that. He uh, he was actually one of the first ones, Veckel, to say to me, as him being a non-believer, he said, the supernatural is a super, the, the Big Bang is a supernatural concept. That's one of the reasons I use it on non-believers a lot. Adam, uh, Adam was the first to say it. I give him credit for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that makes sense because it had to come from somewhere unless you're going to claim that the universe is eternal, that it always existed and doesn't have a beginning. So, Yeah, that's what I believe. The um, the new thing that they made up is – I'm, I'm not making this up. This is, I'm reading a science paper right here. It's called Heavy Dark Zilla Dark Matter. So there's the Dark Big Bang, and now there's Heavy Dark Zilla Dark Matter. Uh, this is ultra heavy dark matter particles. Go, go, Godzilla. Be right back, folks. We're going to use the rest area. <laughs> yeah, Brett, when you get back, I got a question for you. Darkzilla. Darkzilla. Always amazes me with the, they come up with these names. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Oh man! Well, How you doing, Beckel? Uh, doing good. Um, when Brett gets back, I want to ask both of you a question. Uh, you know, uh, mostly Brett though, because I know he and I both hold. Uh, I don't know about you, but I know Brett and I 
hold the same political views uh, for the most part. Uh, I don't know where we differ, but uh, I know we're both, uh, you know, hold to conservative views and mm. stuff like that. So, uh, so I want to ask him a question. I something just happened to me maybe about ten minutes ago, uh, and since you guys were live, I was like, "Hey, you know, Brett probably a good person to talk to about this kind of thing." So, I'm back. What happened? Did you wake up and find out you're a woman? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm I, I, I'm gonna break, man. I, I just had a sip of Budweiser, and that was it for me, man. I was done. I've made my decision. So, but um, <laughs> I I just had something. Uh, not 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 terrible, but uh, slightly disappointing, right? As you guys are talking, I was you know doing some work on my my project, and also looking you know surfing through some uh, other videos on YouTube, and a picture of Trump came up on my screen, and my daughter saw that, and she said, oh, "No," and she's five years old. She said, "He's a bad person." I like who's a bad person. And she says, that man right there. And I, I says, who, him? And pointed at Trump. And she said, yeah, him. I says, why do you say he's a bad person? And, he said, and she said, grandma told me he's a bad person. I was like, oh, here we go. So apparently my grandmother, who is a liberal Democrat, uh, and uh, she's not, she, she doesn't suffer from TDS, but she definitely doesn't like Trump. Uh, apparently she's telling my daughter that Trump is a bad person. So I'm just curious, uh, you, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? And how would you handle this situation going forth? What would you do? Well, unfortunately, Beckel, as I said in the past, whenever Trump was a big thing, I was talking about constantly. Mm -hmm. It actually caused some war between my family members as well. Mm -hmm. Ended up having a big issue with my own sister because she would very vocal in front of my kids say, uh, Trump's a xenophobe, he's a racist. She called him everything that she heard on talking points on the news. And I said, can you give an example and all this? And I said, look, I, I like Trump. And then all of a sudden, because I like Trump, I'm a racist and a xenophobe in every word that the news said. And it really caused a wedge. And I said, whoa, 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 sister. I love you. I've taken care of you all my life. Maybe you're right, and I have some weird political views, but there's no reason to get all hectic like this. Right. It's right. really hard to speak to people who have that mindset and the fact that they think it's okay to say shit like that right in front of your children, man, it's hard, especially the closer you are to the person, because you don't want to, you don't want to hurt that relationship. But sometimes these folks, they, they care more about their politics and their views than the fact that there's a child sitting in the room. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm considering on, um, it's, I don't know how I want to break it to her, but I want to say something along the lines of, please don't talk to my daughter about these kinds of things. She's way too young to understand so that she can make her own decision on how she feels about this person or that, whatever. And I don't want her to be indoctrinated by anything. I want her, like, even with Christianity, I, I you know, right now, because she's too young to understand a lot of things in the world, I'm teaching her the very basics, you know, to be kind to people, you know, uh, know that a God exists, you know, uh, you know, respect the parents, that kind of thing. And then when she gets 
to the point of being able to make an intellectual decision on, you know, the gospel and other things, you know, in theology, you know, I'm going to tell her what the Bible says, but I'm also going, going to allow her to search these things out for herself so she can make her own, uh, come to her own conclusions, so on and so forth. So she's definitely going to be raised to be a critical thinker. She's already practicing uh, a five-year-old version of that right now. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm just wondering if I, I should say something to my grandmother say, hey, listen, uh, can you, she's not ready for that kind of stuff yet. Could you not say that to her? I don't know. Do you think that's uh, it's a little too much for me to, to approach my grandma, uh, her grandmother about that? Or, or no, what do you think? I don't think it's too much to express your concerns with your family, yeah. but I don't know your grandmother well enough. I don't know if she's one of these commando type of women where everything that she says is gospel, according to her, that she knows everything. You know how parents and grandparents are. They already think they know everything and anything you come up with is, eh, you know, kind yeah. of deal. So yeah. I have no clue. Does she seem like an open-minded person? Obviously, there's some kind of concern. You must have had some problems in the past trying to get into this, or you wouldn't even be asking me. Do you think that she's going to like get postal on you? Do you think a, a wiffle bat's going to get pulled out? What happens here? <laughs> no, I. You know, she she loves me uh, a lot, actually, um, and she knows my political leanings. She knows that I, I I'm a Trump supporter, um, but we never talk about politics in front politics in front of each other. Uh, because, you know, well, I mean, she, she just knows that she's not going to get anywhere with me and I'm not going to get anywhere with her. Um, so I, I don't think it would be a problem for me to talk to her about it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think I got thick skin, so I, I think I could keep my composure when I'm talking to her, if I were to talk to her about these types of situations, but I, I don't know how far I can go with her in a conversation. I don't know if she would get upset and just curse me. I don't think she would because uh, she's never shown me any type of, she's never given me a reason to believe that she would act like that. But, you know, I, I'm trying my best to keep the peace. I want to try my best to keep the peace uh, uh, and not there be any type of animosity every time I see her, you know. So I, I can understand that. Yeah. You know, my grandfather said a while back, we were all sitting around the table doing the Thanksgiving. And uh, one of my friends that I invited, he asked me a political question. And just as I took a breath to respond, my grandfather said, now, you know, the deal, uh, a majority of us here, we believe in God and we have our own views. But one thing you don't talk about at the dinner table is religion or politics. That'll start a war right here on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I kind of went along with my grandpa on that. Sounds like with your your child, you're you're doing something awesome here. You're basically giving the milk. And then when you think uh, the child is ready, you give them the meat. And that's good. That's good. I uh, yeah. I can uh, uh, I admire that. So you think I should? Um, so you don't think it would hurt for me to just send my uh, mother-in-law a message saying, "Hey, uh, could you not talk about Trump uh, to my daughter?" Uh, you don't think that's asking too much, right, or or anything like that, do you? It might, depending on how strong she is in her view, it might be best if you if you feel that you really have to say something. It might be 
better for you to say, I would, if you don't mind, I love you, I respect you, but can we not talk about adult issues like politics? Yeah. Because if you mention Trump, people tend to get triggered, no matter what their view is. Yeah, they're like Trump. Trump. Oh, man. Calm down. Calm down. I just said the name. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that tomorrow. Uh, you know, tomorrow, maybe sending her a message. Hey, uh, you know, my daughter said yada yada yada. Let's uh or maybe, you know, maybe maybe I'll keep it very vague and, and see see what happens, see how she responds. Uh, because you're right, man, it is a, the politics is a grown-up issue. Um, and I I I think it's very disingenuous for an adult to tell a five-year-old that this person's a bad person. And you, you know, you, you how are you going to do that without explaining to them with nuance why that, why that actually is the case. A five-year-old is not going to understand what immigration is or, or issues with, uh, they might understand what racism is, you know, maybe you could simplify it in some way, but you got to talk about other things like, okay, you know, chew up the meat, spit out the bones kind of thing, you know, uh, the economy, you know, these are things that a five-year-old cannot comprehend unless there's some sort of child prodigy, you know? So all she knows is that this guy with the red tie and blonde hair is a a bad guy. And that's what she told me when she saw the picture. She said, oh, he's a bad guy. I said, no, he's not. You know, but then when I said no, he's not. Now I got to go into detail with regards to biblical anthropology. Okay, what do I mean by him not being an, uh, a bad guy? I mean, because Scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So now I got to talk about uh, the difference between uh, him being a bad guy in terms in terms of what her grandmother says versus what the bible says versus what the pilot you know what what we say about bad people in a temporal fashion you know it just gets really crazy and and i think this is the reason why i should talk to her grandmother because it's way too much details uh it's it's a way it's too nuance of a it's it's a conversation that requires way too much nuance for a five-year-old you know what i mean well, the problem is, Veckle, is that there are adults that are older than the both of us who don't seem to have the maturity or experience to be able to have a good discussion without wanting to punch somebody in the head when it comes to politics and religion. Right. So trying to talk to a five-year-old about something that a lot of adults can't even grasp, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. <laughs> right, right. So, so you think I should... Uh... Try to say something. I mean, maybe not try to start a conversation, but you think I should say something uh, at all? Or should I just, what do you think? I think that if you feel strong enough about it, you should probably do it in a vague way where you just simply keep it neutral, where you say, I don't think that my child's ready for political discussion and all that. And then if the Trump thing comes up again, then you can specifically go that route. Remember, Grandma, I said I'd like the politics to stay out of it and all this. I'm trying to work it this way. The way you just uh, explained your view to me was perfectly civilized and decent. But like I said, people who have issue with Trump, they, man, it, even if they're your loved ones, just something goes on. They just start getting all crazy for some reason. They sure do. They sure do, man. Uh, it's, 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 uh, 
again, and I know we talked about this before, but to me, man, this is the, just an uncanny amount of hatred towards this man that, that they can't be just, this is, it, it, especially people with the TDS, man, I, which I really believe is a legitimate medical issue. <laughs> Uh, because this man has done nothing nearly close to what Adolf Hitler or Stalin or anybody else has ever done, or even Obama or Biden has done, you know, but yet for some reason he is like the antichrist incarnate to these people, you know, I mean, from the moment that he even came down those golden escalators, man, it was all kinds of lies just flying at him left and right. Now we have this indictment. You know, and uh, just absolutely sad. If if nobody can see that this this is all part of some, I mean th that that if the Democrats are not afraid of this guy, if they can't see that the Democrats are afraid of this guy, then uh, you're you're just flat out blind. You're you're either blind or you're deliberately looking at the other way. They're obviously afraid of this man. It's so it's so obvious. So. Yeah. I agree with you, and I think that unfortunately, the uh, a lot of news reporters and journalists are indoctrinating society. If they don't, uh, if they don't like you, they're going to smear you all the way through it. I'm surprised that um, Donald Trump hasn't become ten times richer from suing all these people for liability and slander, but right. he can't really waste a lot of time doing that if he wants to attempt to get into politics. It's right. kind of like he's between a rock and a hard place. Right. That's right. Yep. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to get your take on that. So, uh, because I just learned about it. Uh, she just said this to me, uh, you know, a, a few minutes ago and caught me off guard. I was just like, whoa, can't believe she said that to me. You know, you know, you so. know what I find interesting about a lot of liberals and Democrats. I noticed when Trump was in office, they were like, he's going to nuke the world. He's going to blow the shit up. He's going to bring the, you know, finale of God, you know, if he's in office. But now that he's out and Biden and some of his people are actually talking about doing the same damn thing to Russia or any other country. All of a sudden, it's perfectly fine. It's so yeah. weird how people just change on a on a dime. Yeah, Stephen Crowder said something to me, uh, not to me, but uh, <laughs> he said something that stuck to me uh, maybe two weeks ago when when he's talking about the Democrats and these liberals. These people, when they contradict themselves. Um, when they act hypocritical, um, they sincerely believe what they say. Even if it is blatantly hypocritical, you can show them the hypocrisy, which is so blatant. I mean, there's just no way you can logically miss it. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious. But because these people are so indoctrinated by their the falsehoods that they, ad they adhere to, they really believe they cannot, they sincerely, or so it seems, they cannot see the hypocrisy, their own hypocrisy. This is how bad it is for, with, with some of these, with a lot of these people. It's not just a hypocrisy that concerns me. They don't realize how dangerous some of their ideas and thoughts have become for everybody else, including themselves. That's what's really scary for me. Yep. Yep. It's very dangerous. To their own detriment, 
to their own detriment. They don't realize it, but they will one day. They will. I was really hoping to see a change in media. The sad thing is, as we move forward, I think that this is going to be common practice where news people will uh, influence elections, where they will attack other people with everything that they got. And if and that's the way it is. And it seems like it's always liberals and Democrats that are the ones that have this kind of power and advantage. It seems to me the way the system is set up, Beckel, conservatives are not meant to win. Right. Conservatives want small government. The right. liberals want everything to be big and huge and as much power as they can. How do you defeat a force like that? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, well, two ways. One, uh, you know, just, you know, just proper doctrination with kids. And, and uh, you know, you, you probably heard the phrase from Breitbart saying that the culture is downstream from politics or something like that. Uh, or politics downstream from culture. I can't remember which way it was, but he's just basically saying that one uh, influences the the other. You know, so I, I would say culture uh, definitely influences how a person uh, thinks politically. And uh, I think what, what needs to happen is, I mean, uh, you know, non-liberals and, and conservatives alike uh, need to uh, work harder into, you know, influencing the the culture. You know, right now it's kind of hard to do that because the liberals pretty much have a lot of power with the media. So every time you turn on a TV, you know, you see LGBTQ this, you know, race swapping, you know, a redhead with a black person over here and, you know, gender swapping this person over there, you know, and uh, climate change this and, you know, all this other stuff. So, I mean, people are fighting back. We are fighting back, you know, in increments here, here and there. Um, and it's, but we're fighting an uphill battle right now. And uh, are we going to win? I, I, well, you know, biblically speaking, I don't think we are. Uh, I think that things are just going to get worse from here. I hate to sound like a pessimist, but if I'm going to be uh, eschatologically uh, consistent, I, I think the, you know, things are just going to get worse, not just for the United States, but for the rest of the world as well. But at least until then, you know, we can at least make some effort to, to fight back and go down fighting, you know, guns blazing at least. I, I am in the same position as you, Beckel. I think that unfortunately, because of all this stuff that's pushed into society and on television and everything that's going on, uh, society's become desensitized we've gotten to the point where we say yeah our politician lied but we don't care yeah our politician killed we don't care and it just keeps going like that and it's uh, unfortunately i do think it's going into i i used to dream of a star star trek future buckle but i see it more on the bounds of fallout <laughs> <laughs> right right so um i think people just have to realize that, you know, we don't have to, you know, live the rest of our lives looking over our shoulder. Well, we shouldn't have to. But, I mean, the reality of the matter is that we have a lot of people in power who are, are very selfish. Um, they have ill intent. They don't care about you. And um, 
we have to make some sort of effort to to fight back in some way, shape, or form. And uh, that's what keeps me up. That's what keeps me going. You know, uh, you know that, and of course, uh, my relationship with God as well. But uh, I'm a fighter, though, so I actually, you know, uh, not too stressed out with fighting against liberalism and some of the things that they try to influence. You know, some of the influence that they try to bring in society. You know, with regards to you know things like you know, media. Uh, as you already know, Brett, I'm a, you know, registered cinephile. I love movies, TV shows and stuff like that. So I'm always talking about that kind of stuff within certain circles. And uh, so I'm constantly paying attention to a lot of the, you know, the garbage that's coming out of Disney and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm joining the fight with several others uh, to protesting as well as speaking openly against uh the liberal garbage that's being shoved in our faces by Disney and all these other Hollywood studios and stuff like that and to me uh that's you know maybe just one small contribution in this so-called cold war that we're involved in i mean cold civil war here in the united states that we're experiencing right now you know so um and we we do see some victories here you know uh, but again, as I said before, it's an uphill battle. So we're definitely going to have some victories, but also maybe some some uh, some failures, I guess. So, well, the only uh, the only real thing to look up to is evil tends to turn on itself. It ends up imploding. Sometimes it's best uh, to be quiet in some issues and just let people. I, I hate to say it, but sometimes you just got to let society tie its own noose. That way yeah. it can be made an example in front of everybody. I think the only thing that conservatives can do at this point, if they want to make an impact, is trying to change the small area around them. And as yeah. people continue to do that, then it'll then it'll push. I've been noticing a lot of people making videos. People are starting to really debate things. And uh, I see a little bit of hope there, but besides that don't know yeah I, I totally agree with that in fact that's uh going back to the scriptures this is exactly what god instructed the israelites to do in the old testament you know um he wasn't you know god didn't show too much concern about what the gentiles and the non-israelites uh should be doing in order to help make this world a better place his focus was on the israelites and what they should do to make this world a better place you know, and uh, first it started with how they should treat with treat each other, and then it spread out on how they should treat uh, the non-Israelites, people who are Gentiles, people who are not under the covenant, how they should be treated, and uh, and as a result, we saw many people converting to become Israelites because of the prosperity that was going amongst those people who were obeying God and stuff. So I, you know, I, I agree with you one hundred percent, man. If people see the influence that uh non-radical liberals I, I call them leftards but uh if they if they see what they're doing and then they see the other side is prospering you know within this small group if you want to put it that way you know it, it, you know i think that'll uh that'll kind of spread and people will take from that and say hey look what these guys over here are doing i like what they're doing over here and uh i want to try to you use that mindset and frame of thought to bring it over here and stuff. So, 
and yeah, I, I do agree with that 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 sentiment. Yeah. Exactly. And the only thing, unfortunately, for the Israelites, even though uh, you're right about how much impact they did based upon how they uh, they work things, there were points, unfortunately, where they got in the wrong leaders, they got in the wrong people. And uh, I don't know why, maybe they thought it was going to be a revolution or something or make right. them stronger. But they see what happened. They allowed evil in and then evil imploded right in the middle of them. Yep. Absolutely right about that. That is for sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think tomorrow I'll probably send a, a little brief message to my mother-in-law and say something and then see what, see how it goes from there. But uh, yeah. Yeah. But thank you for uh, sharing your thoughts with me. I appreciate that. So remember, remember worded as I don't think that my child needs to be hearing about politics and all this. I just want her to be able to grow up and be a child right now. She doesn't need to be pushed into, you know, all this adult stuff right now. Don't don't make it a Trump issue. Just make it a political just kind of, you know, because that's you can't argue with that. Right, right. Yeah. Speaking of which, she needs to be getting ready for bed. <laughs> Adam, you still alive over there? I'm looking around. I still don't see my dark matter. <laughs> he was absorbed by it. Adam, are you still there? You ain't pooping on us. I'm still here. <laughs> what has been on your mind, Adam? What's been uh, going on? Oh, we were you know. talking a little bit about the universe and the layers and this uh, dark Zilla and all this. Wow, goodness <laughs> gracious! Yeah, I think that um, they're desperate. They're they're just they got to come up with something to try to fix it. How does that make you feel? Because obviously, a lot of the the things that inspire you and influence you that you love about the universe and existence, if they keep on changing things around, it has to make you wonder how much stuff have they fudged in science in order to be able to uh, come up with some of their results. Does well, that bother you? Less than 1% of current, like if you go by the current standard mo model of cosmology, less than one of 1% 1 of the universe is actually stuff that, is confirmed to exist it's all invented hypothetical forms of matter and energy now it's like the actual universe is just this little footnote and there's hardly it's all about dark matter and dark energy and these different like things that there's no evidence that it's actually there or that it fits into any of the actual laws of physics or like the models of particle physics and stuff it's really frustrating but i think in a way if it gets this bad like it's frustrating that a lot of people are probably going to believe in the retarded dark zilla dark big bang stuff like they're just going to accept it without questioning it it's really frustrating to know that but it's got to get to a point where the more stuff they keep adding at some point the general public has to step back and say okay it's just so much stuff that's weird and made up and it's like, there's no reason to believe in it that they might question it. But 
I don't know. It's already so much crazy made up stuff that I like no one really questions it. So how can you possibly know at some point in time with all this fudging of information and made up stuff? Adam, how do you hold to the idea that uh, science is an, uh, an honorable institute at this point? How do you know that what you're being told ever is true when you have seen with your own eyes information being added that doesn't even belong there? I'm not well, saying you... throw it out into the toilet or something, but doesn't it bother you? Of course it does. Conventional science as practiced today is not honorable, but if you... if if they were actually following the scientific method and doing science, they're not actually doing, that's the problem is they're not doing real science. They're not actually following the scientific method. If you follow the scientific method, you don't just invent 99% of the universe to account for, to salvage, you know, you have a, a hypothesis or a theory that you want to save. So you just keep inventing new and new stuff, whether it exists or not. You can't just invent a new big bang. That's not science. That's totally fictional that's completely that's not even pseudoscience it's just completely fake they just invent something and then a lot of stuff they invent it doesn't it's not just making up a new object or something it's like inventing things that don't that are not possible within the other rules that are there you know what i mean that's what I'm talking about. If they're willing to do this with cosmology and the universe and all that and our origins, who's mm. to say they're not doing this in many other fields of science? That's the terrifying aspect. That's what I'm wondering where you're at on that. I mean, it's to me, that's scary because at this point, science is looked at by most people as this is how we progress. We have to have the science has become a household item and necessity for humanity. Mm. And if we're just going to let our scientists lie their ass off and make up shit that doesn't even work, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, you see it in other fields, but I don't know. It seems like cosmology and astrophysics and stuff, it's like maybe more prevalent there. And like quantum mechanics and stuff. It's like because it's this otherworldly realm beyond what we can see you know i think people are more likely to just accept completely made up stuff doesn't matter what it is two big bangs dark zilla dark matter dark energy light dark matter now now there's light dark matter there's dark radiation it's just like you can't even like you can't even joke about like you can't make this stuff out like if you tried to make a joke about it the joke becomes true next year like I don't know. We got somebody new in the room. I'm not sure who it is. Oh, it's uh, Mr. Uh, Kincaid. Very good. Very good. Hey, how you doing? Sorry to keep you waiting. Complicated business. It's all good. Were you pooping or something? No, I, I had a long drive home. Uh, we had a little impromptu sort of uh, pool party. It's hotter than mother out there. It, the average for my area is supposed to be like 65 for this time of year, 68. And it was uh, 90 today. So, of course, the swimming pools aren't open yet because it's way too early for that to be a thing. So we had to make a quick trip to Walmart and do our own little redneck sort of situation. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if you heard know, that, Will. I wouldn't mind. Oh, got a little bit of echo going on there for some reason. Me and Adam, we were discussing the fact that there are scientists out there that are creating new terms and um, creating non-existent things in order to explain stuff in the universe. And we were basically saying, is there a fear that of a lot of fudging is going on with science? And at what point in time do we draw the line? Or are we just going to keep letting this kind of thing go on where science is becoming some kind of magical thing where we just invent stuff to explain stuff. How do you feel about that, uh, Will? Do you think this is a dangerous anomaly or will it get fixed? I don't know. Um, really, I guess if it goes on for too long, maybe. But, I mean, uh, science doesn't really care about shoulda. They just care about if they can do something. And if they can do it, they do do it. And so I don't know at what point it becomes super dangerous. I mean, I guess it trickles down. So at some point they start telling us that the sun is a fucking bowl of fruit or something, I guess. Then, yeah. But at the moment, it's just, it's kind of like science is kind of like people who really, really intensely care about their little you know their video game or their book or whatever and they all debate lore and what 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 would Hermione Granger have said to this person in this corridor if this had happened and making little theory channels and using some you know little niggling pieces of information that might make that line up or what the hell ever so it's basically, science has become basically a fandom because we found out everything that really mattered, like gravity. And then at some point, we're just sort of running out of shit that we can observe that that makes sense to study. And so now we're at dark matter, dark energy, dark gravity, uh, you know, hard light, soft light. Uh, Bud Light, you know, so. Yeah, it sounds a lot like, um, you know, I've talked to people in the past about where they believe they originated from, and they sound like they're describing the Planet of the Apes movie. But now that we've got Dark Matter, Darkzilla, and all that, I really feel like we're starting to work our way into the realm of the never-ending story where the nothingness devours everything. You remember that movie, Adam? Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. Well, like the the sun being made of fruit or the nothingness or something, that's at least like real stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even like in these wild fantasy films and science fiction and stuff, they don't invent 99% of like the mass and energy and new forms of matter to try to explain how their characters work or something. They like, you know, they change something within the realm of, of believability. Well, the Elder Scrolls definitely does that. They they went to Morrowind and now they're like, the universe is a dream. And then with Skyrim, they were like, that never happened. Don't look into it. So, yeah. It was weird. It was weird. So, anything else there, Adam? When did they start coming up with this whole Dark Zilla stuff? And how exactly, from your perception, 
does this explain anything? Well, as far as I can tell from this paper, the the dark Big Bang idea and Darkzilla came, they made it up a couple months ago. Um, and I think it's just a way to make the model even more adjustable, as, as adjustable as possible, so that, that they don't have to be constrained by the model. If they can have two separate timelines, one for real matter and one for their made up dark matter and then hey maybe later they'll come up with another big bang if they need to it just means that any observation they make they can uh, they can adjust their timeline they have two different timelines they can adjust they can make they can make any observation fit with that they already had that to an extent but even that like the thing that's surprising is with as many adjustable parameters and invented hypothetical entities that defy the laws of physics that they already have in there, making up 99% of it, the fact that they have to have another timeline to explain everything, like a like a shitty Avengers movie where they have to start a new timeline to make sense of it, it just shows how terrible the, the model is. It sounds like a bad script. It, it really it's does. True. Yeah, um, like that's a good way of thinking of it. It's that's like what they do with all my movies now. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like time, like, like if it was like Star Wars, now they have the other timeline. You know, it's like the Jedi's have their one timeline, and the other people have their timeline, and that is why there's these discrepancies. You know. Damn. Do you think James Gunn is uh, now a scientist? Maybe he invented the shit. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, I, I actually got really pissed off reading that paper. It was like, man, it got to like a breaking point where I was like, I thought it was annoying that people are buying this and so many people defend it. When I got to the Godzilla, Darkzilla, I just, I, I got so like frustrated. I got so pissed off. Like, it's so fucking dumb. Like, how is this fucking real? How is there a real science paper with Darkzilla, Dark Big Bang stuff? How is that a real thing? <laughs> I really we feel nerds. We let nerds name things. I feel well, bad. I really words. feel bad for you, Adam, because I have a feeling that when I my experience with humanity is is I expect that if this is going to be a thing for the next ten years, you're going to be listening to people actually fucking making arguments for this shit. And so, you yeah. have to sit through that, Adam. I just, yeah. I feel so bad for you because I know how fucking important it is. I mean, I've gotten to the point where the universe is a giant toilet and we're floating around on a graveyard. But these people out here, they're going to be going into Darkzilla, Dark Nexus, and you have to sit there and listen to that without pulling out your fucking hair. I feel so bad for you, brother. Well, I just, I can't do it at this point. Like, I just got to let it work, it work its way out, itself out. Do you have faith that it would? I don't know, because I, I don't know what to expect. I think now, the other thing is, I don't know that like people are, um, like there's been a lot of stuff that's happened the past few months in cosmology. Once it gets to a point where it becomes well known, I'm interested to see how people are going to deal with it. But um, seeing how people are responding already to like, the results from the James Webb Space Telescope and stuff, they literally just say, oh, well, we'll, we'll just invent new galaxies that are a thousand times smaller and a thousand times denser, and they 
form a thousand times faster. And we just have to have a new mo model of rapid galaxy formation. It's just like, I don't know. I guess it's to be expected. This sounds kind of like what they did with the whole evolution thing for a while there. They said it was gradual change, and then suddenly they come up with this bullshit called super evolution. I kid you not. You probably heard of it. Just new, neat little things come in so they can fit the timelines together and everything. Well, that's where I'm at right now. Is I, I care about things in my immediate universe that will ultimately affect me. The scientific consensus on fucking black holes or whatever i i can't i can't i mean there are things in science that i am concerned about that nobody seems to give a shit about like fucking ai and stuff like it's not there yet but everyone keeps saying oh it'll never happen and then you know i'd make a whole fucking animated series using a, a goddamn ai like i like i did with minimal interference on me for some of it you know scripted written fucking voice the whole enchilada and nobody seems to see the the real threat there but you know oh i do problem and, i believe you know. it can start wars uh will i believe that uh you can make people say anything you want i could see that being a real bad horrible fucking thing on youtube for people who are wanting to pawn each other and make somebody you don't like saying something you that they didn't say and shit. What are What's, they supposed to do to defend themselves? It's even worse than that because now you can go into any courtroom in America and say, prove you didn't deep fake that video evidence. Right. They're going to have now to change the all, laws like today. Like it's already bad enough where you can't trust. It, I could literally do that. I could, anyone, anyone right now with $22 could go yep. and deep fake an entire incident that never happened yeah. for a frivolous lawsuit that could put somebody in jail for the rest of their life. Yeah. I think Look, the only I thing you can... him, I, I got him on audio. He confessed. Well, that sounds like his voice to me. You know? Well, it's a deep fake. Then you go back and forth on that, what, forever? It's, it's already... It, the, the justice system no, stops functioning the yeah. day that Eleven Labs became a public affair. That's what happened. Adam, did you get to see what Will did during his thing? I went over. He was doing a live show. I was out in text. I was kind of dazing in and out because I had taken an allergy pill and was working on some shit barely. And I uh, watched, and Will said, check this out, Brett. And he made this entire segment that was like Dragon Ball Z, but it had me in it, Adam. I'm, I'm flying around looking like some kind of octopusy creature with a vagina for a face, fucking screaming, oh, oh, and all this shit. And I'm blowing these Dragon Ball Z characters up all over the fucking place. And I'm like, man, that shit's going to fuck people up. I mean, that was funny, what Will did. But the things people could do, if he could do that, you know, just getting into the shit, man, just think what the pros would be able to do. Interesting, yeah. What was I saying in the video, Will? Was it Gorm or some shit? Gorm, Gorm, Gorm or some shit? I think Will probably choked on a chicken bone hearing me describe that shit. Oh, I muted myself and I'm dumb. I did that once tonight. Yeah, it's Gorm, Gorm. Gorm, Gorm's a character that's been around for a while. So it was just something I was mucking around drawing one night on a live stream and 
people were throwing ideas. And then somebody was like, you know what? If this is a real thing, I think Brett should voice Gorm Gorm. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. But at that point, I, you know, it was late. And then eventually when uh, when the uh, Eleven Labs came up and you could clone people's voices, I was like, oh, I can do this now. And, um, yeah. So well, I, Will, I, they've been doing that with Fallout 4 recent on the Nexus. They've been making mods where... Yeah, I saw that you, on Skyrim. Yep. Isn't that neat? That is neat. Yeah, a it's, lot of people are having a lot of people are having arguments about it. Is it is it a right to do because you voice actors aren't required anymore? You just record a couple of their lines and then you can make a full a quest line with that character. Hell, you could have Joe Biden being the voice for it and whatever you want, and even record the protagonist in the game and have him dialogue whatever words you want. Yeah, I could. I could see it being used as a beautiful, beautiful software for doing great things, but there's so many fucking evil people in the world that always learn how to weaponize something. Yeah, well, the thing with Bethesda games that would make it great is that Morrowind is barely, barely voice acted. And sometime in the next year and a half, Skywind is coming out, which is a fan-made mod that injects Morrowind into the Skyrim engine so and adds things like quest markers, thank God, so you can find shit and updates textures so everything doesn't look like a dog turd when you're walking around, which was the other part I had issues with because I, I don't have problems finding things in Skyrim because they're vi- things are generally visually unique enough that I can walk around and see the fucking thing. But the other thing is that you could actually do the rest of the voice lines that are in text boxes that could have dialogue instead. So in when Skywind comes out, they're going to start doing that. And I'm super excited for that because I... Oh, also they updated the combat system to the current combat system. You're basically just playing the story of Morrowind in a Skyrim-like sort of thing. And it's it looks far more tolerable than the original, to be honest. And so, yeah, I think that 11 labs could definitely improve more. If AI keeps on advancing like it is, Will and Adam, yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about what it can do with audio and what it can do with animation, but it seems to me that if you wrote a a pretty decent-sized script of what you would want a game to do, there's going to be a point where gaming companies can simply tell the AI, this is what we want the surroundings to look like, this is what we want the characters to behave like and actually build an entire game within moments just by simply putting a script into your computer and telling it what to do. GPT-4 has already started doing that. It's Right now it's starting to work with uh, three-dimensional spaces. Um, they're integrating it into the Unreal Engine, which is kind of a defunct engine at this point. Um, because there are more modern engines, but the the Unreal Engine is now being utilized with that because uh, Unreal has so many um, default assets and so many things that are now being ported from Valve, by the way, uh, through Half-Life because they're uh, moving to a different game engine. So some of those are being ported over to Unreal. 
They have oh, I've seen that. some videos of the Unreal Engine. I've seen them do like a remaster of World of Warcraft and Fallout. I've seen what they've done. It looks amazing. And Zelda. So, and GPT has the uh, ability to create uh, full novels based on uh, a set of inputs that you give based on the characters and, and come out with a whole thing. So with that information now, GPT-4 can uh, it can actually create three-dimensional environments. And one one day, probably soon, that we'll be able to act, we'll actually be able to go inside those 3D environments and play a video game that was entirely produced by AI. Right now, they're just right now these 3D environments are in Unreal, so it's only a hypothetical that you could do it because no, it. It's not programming dialogue and stuff like that. It's just producing dialogue. Um, so right now, all you can do is watch a movie that uh, GPT will produce, but you can't actually go in and interact with it. But that's apparently the goal. So I don't know. I don't even know if I want to put a number on it, two years, three years, whatever. But uh, shortly, within my lifetime, for sure. Well, that's one of the reasons, Adam, as well as Will, why I'm so excited about a game like Starfield that's coming out made by Bethesda. They're claiming that the universe will be completely generated by all this information that they put. It's almost like AI. Worlds will come into existence that are pre-generated and and all this. That's that's really neat. It means that no one will have the same experience when they play. I'm worried that it's going to end up like No Man's Sky, where all the planets are procedurally generated with the same 20 or 30 different alien animals on the planet and the same handful of basic ingredients and the planets of the size of uh, your fucking backyard. I'm worried that 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 will happen, especially since Crunch is a thing and since so many game studios have gotten so used to being able to produce a half-baked, unfinished, buggy mess of a game and people will pay over full price for it and they will keep lining up with pre-order in hand to to buy unfinished garbage for 60 70 80 120 dollars sometimes and i'm worried i'm worried about that and it's in i mean it's not it extends beyond video games that people subscribe to this nonsense but um yeah i i don't know i hopefully it's good i'm a huge bethesda fan in general i got into fallout later in life but uh I've always been an Elder Scrolls fan, and um, I don't know. You going to be playing the Necrom? The what now? The Necrom, their new DLC that's coming out for Elder Scrolls Online. You're going to be able to visit the Dragonborn areas and go back to Morrowind, and it's supposed to like open up some new realm or something. Figured you might like that since you're a big Morrowind guy. Um. Might could. I'm not a huge Morrowind guy. I like the lore. I like Dig Up I like watching other people play. You see, I like Morrowind. I like Morrowind for the story and stuff, and the characters are interesting. But when you get right down to it, um, Morrowind is a, a an unplayable, awful-looking mess of a game. It, it's 
the combat system is based on uh, in-game dice rolls that you can't see. So it makes a sound like you hit, and the controller vibrates like you hit, but you're doing no damage and you have no idea until an hour later when in the first area you spawn into, you've been punching a rat for God knows how long, and the thing hasn't taken any damage. Or taking a quest and wandering around and not knowing where the hell you are or where you were supposed to go or any information like that. Like, and constantly having to fish through thousands of boxes of dialogue to try to figure out what the hell person you're supposed to be talking to and where and sometimes even what time of day. It's, it's a fucking mess. But it's a beautiful mess when the story is involved. Because the story is really good and really interesting. They really like thought about it. But, Oof. Yeah. Go I remember. Fucking, go, go, ahead. go look at somebody playing Morrowind and tell me it doesn't look like the screen is covered in diarrhea. It is It is difficult. I have seen some Morrowind videos and it looks like something straight out of Minecraft. It looks like the old 64-bit shit. So... But I, I can understand why people like the older stuff, especially Fallout. It seemed like it was more story-driven back then as opposed to about combat and all that. So, I don't know. A lot of games nowadays, they're, they're, it's like they were made by Michael Bay. It's all about the explosions and destruction and mess all over the screen. Yeah, it's not even really so much the polygons. that I, I mean, I could go back and play Mario 64 and not have an issue with that. It's the fucking color palette, Brett. Red, brown, baby, baby poop green, these off-black tones that kind of look black, but they're never quite there, and it bothers you because you can fucking see your reflection in the television. And it's like, it's just the color palette it looks like dog shit. Blame it on I, Dark Villa, huh, Adam? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I gotta get the hell out of here. I gotta get to bed. I I was over on Praise's channel because he wanted to bury a hatchet, and before that, I was over on somebody else's channel with some trans person who wanted to bury a hatchet. And I guess, I guess I'm just in a peace loving mood. I I don't know. But I uh, I gotta get to bed. I gotta wake up super goddamn early tomorrow. Well, sweet dreams, and you gotta be careful with some of these people you're burying the hatchet with. A lot of them appear to like to put the hatchet right in our backs as we're walking away. No, I'm I'm aware. I'm aware. I I think that I've put praise in a position that if he decided to pull a knife, he would look very silly. And at least at that point, I would make me look good, and I would probably have a good laugh about it. But I'm just going to, you know, whatever, in public here, you know, just if he's, if he follows through, then I'm going to follow through. I I don't, given Praise's history, don't really have a lot of faith, but I have no plans on going back on my word. So that's. Well, that's fair enough. At least you can go to bed at night knowing that you've given it the best you can, that you tried. And that's all yeah. a motherfucker can do. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, I wish I had more time to stay in chit chat, but I really gotta be off. 
Well, sweet dreams, man. I hope the family's doing good and all that. Very good. Thank you very much, Adam. It was pleasant talking to you. Brett and I will see you the next time I get an opportunity, I guess. All right. All right. All right, Adam. Any other weird stuff going on in science? I'm trying to keep up with everybody's got their own topics they like to talk about. I try to keep everybody entertained. Um, yeah, I don't think there's anything new. Well, how's your health been doing? Have you been taking more walks and all that? Have you, has any strength been coming back in you? Not, not there yet, but my health is generally improved. I'm not to the level of strength and doing a bunch of walks and stuff. But I think that um, if my if the improvement continues, probably the next couple months, it's it's, it's feeling like maybe like it'll get to that point. It's good to hear, man. I've been worried about you. I've been real worried about you. Well, I appreciate it. But yeah, uh, definitely imp- improvement compared to how it's been. So not, not back to like a regular state or anything but doing better than before my uh my daughter she's been getting into the driving and all that she seems to be doing pretty good but we had to recently take her vehicle to uh, my father who is a mechanic and all that and uh apparently some kind of ring thing on the brakes broke um i don't know how he missed that the last time but oof that was rough apparently oh, well. it's so now that's scary. Yeah, he says it was rusted or whatever, and uh, he said it doesn't cause like any problems with the brakes. It's just that it makes the vehicle make a loud ass noise. We also had this other thing too, where the seatbelt thing was broke, so it would continue to say, "Put on your seatbelt," put on, making this yeah. fucking racket and. I'm like, hun, how long has this been going on? And she says, because I don't ride around in it. I don't drive hardly at them. So when I heard this fucking thing sitting in the passenger side, I'm like, how can you even concentrate with this constant fucking noise coming out? <laughs> She's like, right. that's not a big deal. I said, yeah, it is. It's fucking driving me nuts. <laughs> is that what she just expects? Like, it's always been like that since she started driving. So she just thought that's how it was. Well, that's my wife's view on it and all that. Me, though, if I hear something that's making some fucking just abnormal noise, I'm always going to bitch. I mean, you think I'm bad with microphones. If I get into a vehicle and I hear <laughs> that's, boy, oh, boy, I get fucking amped up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is the thing that's supposed to take me from one location to another, and it sounds like it's going to fucking explode. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious, life throws its curves for sure. Oh, boy. Do you think about any of the stuff we talked about last time? We got into all kinds of neat stuff. Um, Let's see. I can't, do you remember some of the topics? Yeah, some of the stuff about like a technological entity. What is it that you're allowed uh, from Adam's point of view? What 
how powerful can an entity be in reality for you and uh, what would be acceptable in reality, that kind of stuff? Like uh, Star Trek God stuff. Yeah, yeah. Genesis Project. Did you ever get around to seeing uh, any of the Star Trek flicks? No, not yet. I mean, I I watched the first one not too long ago. I got the second one on my my to watch list eventually here, but not too uh, enthusiastic about checking it out. But it is it's something I do want to eventually check out. Unfortunately, um, my Star Trek show has been affected a lot in the same way that uh, Star Wars has been. For some reason, a lot of directors nowadays they want to make everything look like Blade Runner. Where instead of it being bright and optimistic, it's all dark looking. Yeah. That's what they've done to Star Trek, sadly. It used to be an optimistic future about exploring the universe. And now it's about fucking lasers and blowing shit up and all that. So if you're going to get into Star Trek and give it a shot, watch the older shit first. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine trying to watch the newer stuff. That's actually one of the motivations why I was watching the the first star trek movie not too long ago was like there's so much it's so hard to find anything good today like they tend to have these same stupid things that they do to like ruin everything the same like systematic formula for ruining everything new but it's like i don't know instead of like checking out newer stuff i'm i'm looking more into just like the classics and stuff because it seems like you know original star trek would be a totally wholesome source of, you know, the, the last place you'd expect some of the crap that they do today that ruins stuff. But it's always a trade-off for kind of a slow, you know, you can get kind of slow, boring stuff as a trade-off. That's the problem is when you go back to the classics. Well, one of the great things about the classics is it actually focuses on science. It tries to stay in the bounds of what we would do in reality with moral dilemmas, technology, and all that cool shit. And that's where I'm at. All the way through generations, it's stuck with that pattern. But now it's like time travelers, multiverses, universe ripping open, monsters coming out and fucking blowing them away type of thing. There's nothing about peace and exploration anymore. It's like it's all about war and destruction now, like you're watching some kind of galactic universe type of fucking video game. I'm like, no, no. So they killed it in the future. That might be appealing to me because it's like it seems, I don't know, I haven't. I can't even remember now if I've watched the kind of newer. Um, I know J.J. Abrams directed one or two of the Star Trek movies. Um, and it seemed like they were trying to make them more like Star Wars. Is that, would you say, is the case? Yeah. It actually, hmm, how do I put it? Like it's, that might be appealing to me. That, it's, it's the whole color of the show now. It's like... Yeah everything's fucking dark and everything's like faded lights the captain's sitting in a dark ass kind of room with just a little bit of light on him that's usually purple or blue everything looks gothic like now as Uh where before it was just like beautiful it was just like wow i wonder what world we're going to visit next what kind of communication is going to happen what kind of dilemma yada 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 now it's like oh fuck we're going to be fighting some big massive ship now. Now what? 
Right. Yeah, that seems to be another trend of like with you know, especially with like superhero movies, it's like everything has to be so dark and gritty, and then it's like the the moral dilemma of is the hero even the good guy and who's really good, the Batman or the Joker, and just I don't know. I like some of that stuff in a, in low doses to extent if they're done well, but seems like a trend that just kind of takes over everything. Yeah. Moral yeah. relativism and everything's dark and gritty for no reason. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, so start with the classics and generation and even a couple of the movies are really good. It's it's when that Abrams guy jumps into it where it starts getting into wars and destruction. Right. Now, let's see. What else is going on? Oh, oh yeah, Brett, I wanted to ask you. So you were talking about, um, like, you made kind of an argument, not like an argument argument, but you made a case for this idea of some of the things that are attributed to God, at least hypothetically, could be accomplished with a, a, a civilization or a being that's like highly technologically advanced. And um, within that, so I have a question for you is to what extent do you think of like you believe in a God? Do you think that that is the case for the God that you believe in? Or is that more like an analogy you're making? Well, I obviously uh, see the common thing as God existing outside of the universe and being a creator deal. But as far as technological beings or entities and all that, I completely believe that that's uh, that. And I subscribe to the idea that that's plausible and I don't see how anybody could argue out of it. Hell, even most atheists, even though they don't like to uh, argue if there's a God or not, they still have to believe that there's some there could very easily be advanced beings out there that have attributes like a God. Right. So the God that you believe in, though, is not some advanced alien being. Oh, I obviously, if you're going to believe in a God, you have to believe that it is advanced in many, many different ways and has unbelievable wisdom and knowledge and all that for sure. But uh, it depends on how you're you're uh, saying technological and all that. Okay, when when we were talking about how an alien with enough technology could do things that are typically attributed to God. Do you in any way believe that the God that you believe is believe in is like that? I go so far. I go so far as, and I've actually stated this in video. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people have issues is because they anthropomorphize God is where I actually perceive God as an advanced alien. I don't see it as originally starting out on Earth. I see it as a perpetuator of the universe and existence and reality itself. If that makes sense, I know that sounds... But that's where, I, where I'm at on it. Wait, so you do see God as an advanced alien? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Have you ever talked about this? I made a couple of videos about it, and there were definitely some religious people who emailed me and also had some comments about it. And um, 
I even talked about this idea whenever I was a non-believer. I said I could totally get behind the idea of an advanced entity mm-hmm. that uh, that is capable of doing godlike things based upon our ignorance and our lack of understanding of how the universe works. Uh, non-believers didn't really care for it, and the religious folks, for some reason, they want to see. It's weird for them to hear that God is an alien. So, Brett. I, one, I find that maybe this has come up before and I just had forgotten about it, but I find it interesting. I think it is something that uh, it would be definitely interesting to see you do, like talk about it and make videos about it. Um, what else was I going to say? So I, I want to just just clarify. You're saying that you you believe that God the creator of earth, the creator of mankind, right? Is really this organic organism that's highly advanced and this organism's technology so beyond what our technology is that it could do things like create an entire planet. Yes. Yeah, okay. I, I don't know if I would uh, suggest that in its actual form at this point would be organic or something that like you could make it bleed or whatever, but I believe that it can transition into things and transform matter to where it can give the appearance and the vulnerabilities of a human being. And I know that opens up a huge box of Pandora bullshit on my ass for saying it, but that's my view. Okay, right, because I remember last time we were talking about, like you were saying, if you were to keep advancing and advancing, wouldn't you take on more like the form of energy type of thing, right? Well, I was talking about survival uh, purposes for a species. If we truly wanted to outlive the universe or be able to get out of the inevitable destruction of whatever happens within our contained unit, we would have to somehow whether you want to call it evolve or use technology to be able to give ourselves a different system, a different um, anatomy that would be able to uh, suffer damages that a human couldn't. That seems like the best route to go if we truly wanted to save our species. So like a form of energy or radiation or plasma, but that can take on a a physical form if it needs to like a a material um solid or liquid form if it needs to yeah there's actually uh i i know that it probably aggravates people when i use movies for analogies but they actually have an alien like that currently in one of the shows where it can turn into what it calls a solid where it looks like anything it wants to look like but in its true state it turns into like a liquid form and even sometimes a gas-like substance uh, this is on Star Trek? Yeah, it's on the latest series called Picard or in the third season. I would suggest that you don't watch the first or second one because it's pure woke shit. But the third one, it's they got rid of their old writers and put some actual Star Trek fans in charge of it. So that's where we're right. at now. Yeah, Brett, I, um, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before. Um, I can't remember if you are familiar with the channel red letter media but i watch a lot of their videos and they they cover a lot of star wars or star star trek they cover star wars and star trek but um they do like the main guy that runs that channel he's a huge star trek fan and 
I end up watching a lot of reviews of Star Trek stuff because I love red letter media. So I am actually um, watching their their reviews of um, Picard and I can't remember what the other series, like a sort of new recent series. But that's also another thing that was kind of getting me wanting to try give give Star Trek another chance and see if maybe I'll like it. But <clears throat> Well, you um, got to follow my suggestion, though, if you do this. You have to watch the olden generations, and the movies are okay. But everything after that, you can even watch Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise, and they still stay on that, that beautiful, loving formula that Star Trek always was meant to be. But if you do go beyond that, like Picard, don't watch the first or second season. It's absolute fucking disgusting, stupid. It's the third uh, season where they get back to their roots. And that's where that alien is that I'm talking about is mentioned. Hmm. They're, they're called changelings. Okay. Okay, so Brett, this is what I wanted to ask you. A lot of setup for this one question, but if if your god that you believe in is an advanced being like that of a, an extraterrestrial with advanced technology where did that god come from that's the reason why i make the suggestion and i go with the whole cosmological argument that god wasn't exactly born nor does it have the ability to die it's made of, um, I guess, its substance and its contents isn't organic, so you can't expect for there to be a timeline on it. And since it existed outside of space and time, you can't really say what its age was because you have nothing to be able to predict time with it on, unless the universe had laws prior to the supposed Big Bang or the Dark Zillas. <laughs> You're already incorporating Darkzilla into your Oh, body. I'm loving it. Whatever new neat shit they come up with, I'm going to have to fucking package it into my theology. Jeez. <laughs> um, so, but Brett, I thought you were saying it starts out like one thing and then it develops to where it can change itself. Like it, it didn't used to be a form of energy is what I thought you were saying. I wouldn't know exactly what it is, and I really couldn't. How do I put this? I don't know how I would go about arguing that something like this could even be born or come from something. How would you be able to do that if you're talking about an entity that exists where time does not exist? You get what I'm saying? That's extremely complicated. People okay, so then you're not that. saying what I thought. You're not saying it's like an alien from a planet that developed and advanced. No, I, I, I would more go towards uh, like a fourth or fifth dimensional entity. And I did do a video about that. Nobody argued with me on it. They didn't know what the fuck to say. But I mentioned Carl Sagan's Flatlanders and all that along with my, my little hypothesis or thought uh, exercise. Okay, so you think that God is an extra dimensional entity like an alien from another dimension with highly advanced technology. Some of it, some of it, I think for, for the entity itself, it would probably seem natural to it. Like what it does is a normal common thing, but for us 
if we could see it, if it made itself visible to us, it would seem godlike. Right. So, but this is okay. So, to clarify, do you believe it has just innate powers or it developed technology? Basically, you're saying did it evolve its intelligence over time? Is that what I'm getting? Not intelligence. The, the its ability to say make a planet out of whatever. Is this a technology that was developed over time, or does it just have an innate? It's sort of this energy being, and it has an innate ability to just kind of do stuff. Uh See, I wouldn't know how to even argue that because even biblically or even in all of these theologies, it describes that God is capable of doing this stuff, but it doesn't tell you how he pulls the rabbit out of the hat on it. It doesn't tell you the process on how he does it. it just kind of tells you he's hovering. Remember, Adam, we were talking about how he just kind of hovered over the void and things just started to come into reality and all that. It's... I don't know. I kind of see it like a simulation, I suppose. Appius says, Brett, how does Jesus fit into everything? Well, as far as our conversation goes, one of the things that Carl Sagan said that blew my mind was he said that a higher dimensional being, mm -hmm. if it wanted to speak to us, it couldn't come in its original form. It couldn't, like, it would be so big or so grand, we wouldn't even be able to perceive it. It could be right in front of us and because of its uh, accumbrance, we yeah. wouldn't be able to understand that, if that makes sense, Appius. So it would be smart that if an alien wanted to visit us, he would have to have some kind of uh, what I call the prime directive when I was talking to Adam. He would come as something that would, uh, or it would come as something we could relate and identify with. That way it doesn't scare the fuck out of us, for one. And number two, it can actually communicate on our level. Relatable. Why did God scare the fuck out of people before that, though? Like in the Old Testament, I don't know. I don't. I do notice that whenever I read the New Testament and the uh, Old Testament, it appears as though God had a lot of anger management issues back in the Old Testament, and for some reason, by the New Testament, he he seemed chill. He seemed more relaxed and more about forgiving, but. If you looked at Revelation, God right. starts going back into whoop ass mode again. Right. So, Brett, let me try to make sense of what you're saying here. You're not saying there's some planet that has a race of advanced aliens that you think God is from that planet. But no, you'd have to go to the Mormons for that. Right. <laughs> But it might be something like that, but instead it's like this extra dimension. Is there more is there more than one entity or it's one? Well, that's the that's the thing. And I, I know you get, hate getting into the whole Bible part of it, but it appears as though God created his own realm, like he created his own dimension to exist within. I don't know how he got that power or if the power was innate. Basically, you're saying was his ability to do these things there from the get-go or did he evolve to learn the technology, right? Well, I just, I think I mi maybe misunderstood what you were, were originally saying. No, I don't believe he's like sitting on some kind of chunk of rock out in space or something like that. I, I believe that his uh, his existence was 
uh, before the universe, before the universe, at least as we know it. Right. So you think that God is sort of this advanced extra dimensional entity living in different dimensions, higher dimensions. But that that same being is the God of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And also there's one other thing, and this is the one that really gets religious people agitated. I believe that there's other entities that are close to having a lot of the attributes as well. Okay. That, well, that makes sense. That's consistent at least. Well, if you're so, going to believe that it's possible for one to exist and you have to be open to the idea of others, and especially if you're going to attribute this entity as being a creator, then I would suspect that humans weren't the first thing that it came up with. It wasn't its first plan. Right. Okay, so this God that you believe in lives in a dimension of our universe? Don't really, the way I try to describe it, and I have a hard time expressing this, but I kind of look at it as a story Carl Sagan did. Remember I was telling you about the Flatlanders, kind of like a layer, and the higher up it is, the more orthodox it would be for something looking up from it, if you were to kind of compare it to a totem or something. Right, but Brett, do you believe that the God that you're describing lives in this universe? I believe that it does, but based in higher upon dimensions it, of this universe, right? But I believe because of its dimensions and how perplexing it is, I believe that the entity actually exists all around us. But because of its dimensions, we can't perceive what it is we're looking at. Let me ask you this: Do you believe that God, this higher dimensional God, is? is part of this hyperdimensional being in the ordinary three dimensions that we inhabit or just right above above it in higher dimensions? I believe somehow the thing incorporates itself throughout the different dimensions. You'd have to believe that if you believe that it's the same uh, figure that is mentioned in the Bible. The Bible says this entity interacted with us and it described what heaven was like in the celestial body that it created. So I'd have to go with, it has the ability to incorporate itself in all the dimensions. Right, right, right. So, but if you use the flatland analogy, going back to Carl Sagan, if we are little people, if we're flat and we live on the paper, the, we live on the surface of paper, right? Is the flatland analogy. And God is like a giant sphere above that or something. Um, is God on is, is any part of God on the sheet on the layer on the layer of paper or is it above the paper does that make well, sense well that, that right there Adam is a complicated uh, that's definitely a complicated question I probably look at it like the way you look at your monitor or your computer or your television set or whenever you're drawing you're over okay, the layer. Okay, so it's not, it's not literally in this layer, but it's in a layer above us. Yeah, but the difference between like yourself as an artist where you're drawing things, you could actually incorporate yourself into the world you've created. Right. So it, 
most of the time is not on the layer, but it, at any time, if it wants to do something that affects the layer, it can, or it can even come on, come through the layer. We just would see it. Like if a sphere came through the paper, the paper layer, it would, we'd, it would appear as a circle. Right. There's only one, there's a couple different things though, that get me scratching my head though, Adam. One of the issues is, is whenever, let's say that, Either Jesus is a different a personification of God, or God is the same as Jesus. Mm-hmm. I I wonder to myself, how did he go about aging? Then I I sometimes am curious: is God um, not that he's limited or vulnerable or something, but more is does he do things that he doesn't want to completely mess up the physics of the universe? I, I don't know how to put it. It just seems weird that he aged whenever he was down here. Well, if you read the Bible literally, Jesus was born as a human to a human mother. Right. So, and, I, and I'm curious how the, uh, even though I believe that he's capable of uh, turning into something or taking on the appearance of something, but how is it that a, uh, that a person was able to continue to withstand all that ability, the flesh of it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, you got any more interesting questions? Yeah. Well, I, I, was, I was trying to get through it. I was ahead. trying to set up. My big question was, okay, you believe that God is like this extra dimensional being that lives within this universe, but in higher dimensions of this universe. So my question is, did God create this universe? Oh, I get you. I get you. Did he create the lower form or was there some kind of uh, content already there? Let Let me rephrase my question. You believe that God lives in the extra, the higher dimensions of this universe. Did God create the dimensions of the universe, including the higher dimensions and the lower dimensions of this universe? Did God create this universe, including the higher and lower dimensions? I would think that that would probably have to be the case, but it would have to also mean that he was, uh, he could have been even beyond fourth dimension. But it seems to me that if you're advanced and you have the knowledge and information, and you know enough about what's going on with realms and and quantum physics and all this, I don't see why something wouldn't be able to take its knowledge and recreate a system like that any more than a human being who's able to create a a lifelike simulation. So, but you... You d- you described let me, let me use the rest real this. quick and give you an opportunity to think about it. I gotta okay, yeah, let me think of a way to word my question a little bit different.
All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. I need to lay off tea and coffee. Damn. No worries. <clears throat> All right, so Brett, you believe in an extra extra dimensional being that created the, the planet and created us. You said that the residence of this extra dimensional being is in higher dimensions of this universe. Where did this being reside before it created the universe, including all the dimensions of this universe? Don't know. I don't know if it already existed within a dimension and then started working on construction below. If I go with the Bible or any of these religious texts, then I would have to probably believe that the thing was capable of being able to replicate or create uh, its surroundings. Right, but it seems inconsistent that it either was in some kind of dimension outside of our dimensions versus it lives in higher dimensions that were part of the universe that were created. Does that make sense? Like if it if it if where it lives right now was a place that it created why would it live in that place? Why wouldn't it live where it originally was and then create overhead? Like, like if there's a different dimension that it came from, why wouldn't it just live in that dimension? So you're, so I, I, I'm not quite understanding this. I don't know if it's living in the same place that uh, it became self-aware of its own consciousness or whatever. It could very well be in the same place it's always been, but it decided to start creating and adding upon, I guess, the expansion of space and time. Okay. Yeah, that's, for me, um, when I'm talking to religious folks or non-believers about topics like this, I like to, I do... For some reason, I have my moments where I like to give myself mind exercises and try to make things as tangible for myself as possible and also try to attribute actual scientific information that's out there. As where a lot of people, they kind of just stop at the idea that, well, God is God and he works in mysterious ways. I try to understand the content and substance of what God actually is. And a lot of people, they don't go that route, though. Right. I don't understand, though. I really don't understand why people get shocked at the idea that God could be some extra dimensional entity or something of this nature for God clearly did not inhabit Earth. Earth was a creation, according to the story. So you would have to say that God came from somewhere else. He's not a, you know, we say that we're of this Earth. Well, we were born here, we generated here, but not God. So he's obviously, by definition, an alien. Seems obvious to me. Hmm. That's one of the reasons also, Adam, why you get a lot of people where they describe God as just some kind of primitive folklore, but... If you really sit down and think about it, especially the Genesis story, you're hearing about an entity that is literally 
being described as going to some form of space and actually creating a world which would mean logically that it is existing outside the world and working its way in. Well, we, with what we know now about astronomy and the universe, we might think of it as space, but that doesn't seem to be the case that the authors back then thought of it that way. The ancient, uh, the ancient uh, myths in, in those areas, like the ancient Egyptians, for example, they believed that um, the there was a point where everything was the ocean. If there was only the whole the whole world, they thought that the world was the whole universe, and they thought that the universe or the just the world was in the earlier times just an ocean like in other words the entire universe was just an ocean like there wasn't where where there's sky now there was ocean where the land is where the ocean is it would all be ocean so that doesn't mean like um space and galaxies and some water, some abyss of water in the universe. I don't think that they had that concept. And even well, when they talk of the sky and the stars, they they didn't know that it was that the stars were far away. They thought of them as little tiny dots. That's what that's you're definitely right. That that is the way a lot of primitive men perceived the world. That we this was everything right here. But if you take a look at this, and I'm sure you've probably heard some of this before, this is some of the things that got me thinking about it. But in John 15, 19, or let's go with John 18, 36, it said, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. Jesus specifically said quite a few times that he's not even of the earth. He's not of the world. And if you read Hebrews, God actually acknowledges that there are other worlds that exist out there in the celestial body. Now, primitive men wouldn't have known that. You're right, Adam. They would have said, nah, we're, we're just living on this one thing and there ain't nothing beyond it because they couldn't even perceive it. Yet Jesus is saying, I'm not of this world. I'm not even of this. I am not of you like that but it never says planet it never says i'm of this planet and a different planet and there's other planets no it doesn't ever say planets it says worlds it says like in hebrew it says and god created other worlds in the outer darkness and all this and into the void well some people if they were to be clever enough and use their imagination they'd probably be figuring what the hell would a void look like what would this outer darkness be it would be the very when you look out in the space, what does it appear to you? Yeah, but you're, you're again, you're interpreting it with what we know space is. Like today, we know that. But they were more likely to have just thought of it as like the sky is dark and there's little dots. There's not an indication that they knew that there was this vast expanse of outer space with stars that are, you know, really 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 far away so what do you think jesus is describing when he clearly says because the earth is mentioned in the bible it is and he says i'm not of this world what else can the it earth be is mentioned about? brett brett 
the earth is mentioned, but the earth is not mentioned as a planet. They didn't know that we live on a planet. I agree with you. Primitive men didn't know that. So where is Jesus talking about that he comes from then? If he says he's not. Now, you have, I understand that we came up with words like planet and all that, but it says in Hebrew that God created other worlds. Jesus says, I'm not of this world. He's basically stating he's not on this plane, this realm. Right. They're talking about like a realm. They're talking about like... Um... Like heaven might be thought of as a different world or a different, you know, world not in the sense of a planet, world in the sense of a, of a existence. They didn't know about planets. They didn't know about outer space. That's one of the things that's intriguing to me about the Bible, Adam. Did I ever tell you about the halo thing? Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, there's a, a story in one of the oldest books in the Bible, Job, where God is describing to Job a bunch of really unusual stuff. And one could easily read right over it and not even realize what the hell they're looking at. But it's a part where Job and God are kind of having a discussion about his treatment. And he goes, I am the God who created, you know, I am the God who created clean springs through uh, sea and salt water. Now, for other people would be like, oh, okay. And then they'd continue to read the passage. But did you know that these clean waters and the salt ocean that they're claiming is actually happening? Humans didn't know about that until just less than 200 years ago. And they referred to it as the halo effect and water where clean water can actually run through rivers through salt oceans thousands of leagues where job couldn't have possibly explored himself uh i don't uh, the only thing that's new information from what you said is the idea that in modern day times supposedly we would not have known about that exactly that's the point there's no way Job could have done it. They didn't have scuba gear and submarines back then. How would have he had this discussion or conversation with this entity and the entity described something that was going on that mankind had no conclusion over at this point? But I get you on the whole realms and, and world thing. Well, Brett, what, what do you think of like Sumerian texts and like Babylonian texts? I think that there's a lot of, uh, and this is another thing that gets religious people aggravated, but I see a lot of similarities and a lot of uh, a lot of the same ideas found in many of these different religions and views, but I don't see it like a, like a lot of non-believers do, where they just say they copycat off each other. I think that humanity, since the dawn of time, has had many, many experiences with these dimensional beings, and the way they described them was being as godlike. But, Brett, they don't describe a... Okay, let me try to figure out what you're saying here. Because you're talking about like an, a being of energy that lives in a higher dimension, but then it takes on a different form. Is that what you're saying? I think that sometimes it took on a relatable form. And sometimes, like you pointed out earlier, I think that it deliberately and intentionally wanted to scare the shit out of uh, the people that were annoying it. Hmm. 
So when the Bible says God made humans in his image, what does that mean? Well, there's a lot of different interpretations of that, but I kind of look at it like this. Um, I kind of look at it the same way, I suppose. I don't know if this is your way, but I notice with artists when they're creating things and bringing things into existence from their consciousness down to their hand as a tool, they usually put a lot of themselves into it. You'll notice in a lot of books or writings and all that, people tend to no, put a Brett, lot of their I know, personality. Go ahead. I know that, Brett, but what we look the way we look doesn't the verse God made us in our, in his image. Doesn't that imply that God looks like a human? Very possible. Could be possible. So isn't that inconsistent with what you were saying earlier about the uh, prime directive and taking on a form just to make us comfortable? It describes that God, that we look like God. Well, not exactly. It could very well look a lot like us, but it doesn't mean that it's the same size as us, the same width. I mean, it could look like a human being, but be, I don't know, 100 million stories up. I, I have no idea. The thing can be whatever it wants to be, at least logically and rationally. Right. Well, that if it's a different size, that would still... I don't know. It doesn't make sense that it would say that we're made in his image if if we don't look like him. Well, when you uh, when you create things and you draw things, um, you're pretty much your consciousness, your brain is telling you that this is what you want, and you want it to be something that's not only relatable to you, but if you're selling the comic book, you want people to be able to identify and relate with what you're writing, right? Not, I mean, not always in the sense of I always have to have a human character, per se. Right. But what does it mean that God made humans in his image other than that we look like, that God looks like a human? Like, what else could that possibly mean? That's one of those verses that I'm not completely sure on. I've heard a lot of good interpretations on. I don't know if he means like we're going to have the ability like gods to be able to think and imagine stuff up. We're going to be creators as well as destroyers. I don't know if that means a physical image. Because, I mean, you know this as well as I, Adam, with technology, an image can mean a lot of things nowadays. It could, but the word image mean doesn't mean ability it means what you look like no i don't know i don't know if god actually and looked god was like us has been depicted as looking like a human he's described as like his feet walking through the garden of eden he's described as having human features and stuff at various in various parts of the book uh, books of the bible yeah, but then it also has a lot of uh, writing about him looking like things that are absolutely not human either. So, I don't know. But one thing we can uh, be sure of, though, is when we read the book, it clearly shows that God has the ability, if you were to presuppose that God is real, and that that figure in the book is real, it has the ability to transform into many different things, whatever is convenient for it. Where does it say that God looks 
like something totally different. Well, an example would be like Exodus. Uh, a lot of I don't hear many Christians talk about this, but it uh, either spoke through a burning bush or it made itself appear like that. It said mm-hmm. that it spoke that it even tries to tell you and describe for you what God's voice was like. That it was like thunder and running rivers. That it was powerful. That it was literally shaking the ground. So yeah. Yeah, burning bush. He supposedly communicated through creatures sometimes. It's, hell, there's even a, a story that's really strange in the book of Psalms where supposedly people seen like just a hand writing on a wall. Yeah, like a human type hand. Well, if he were to make it look like something that they'd never seen before. I mean, what would you say to that? Or perhaps the writing just appears without even a hand being there. For whatever reason, if you presuppose that God is real and did these events, that's that's the choice he made. Who knows? Maybe it was to be spooky, scary, or shock the humans that were looking. Hmm. It did say, I think it said something to the effect of someone pissed himself when they seen that happen. It says that in the Bible? Yeah, there's incidences where um, where people were terrified or they panicked or freaked out and all that kind of stuff. I find that really uh, interesting as well, the representation it has for people being shocked by things. It wasn't, I, some atheists, they talk about it like when God spoke, everybody just was kind of chill. No, some of the people were, they were scared. They were frightened whenever they heard the voice or seen some kind of manifestation. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it looks like you got your wheels running over there, trying to think of some new points to put out there. You got to remember, I'm just kind of trying to think outside the box. It's just uh, something I've been kind of exercising ideas on what could be tangible and what would be realistic here. Yeah. Well, I definitely find the higher dimension stuff interesting. Well, one of the reasons why I thought it would be interesting talking with you, Adam, because you are big into the universe and you have a a lot of ideas of what could be probable and what isn't possible and what's bullshit and everything. I figure you get into a discussion like that, it's more tangible and relatable for a person who might be a skeptic if if you point out how this could all be explained in some forms of natural ways as opposed to just some spooky old man floating around on a cloud doing stuff, which is the way usually non-believers represent it. Mm I'm looking at that red letter media that you were discussing. That looks like a pretty interesting channel. I'll have to check that out. That's pretty good. They do mostly do like movie reviews. Um, Their probably most famous thing is uh, the, the, their reviews of star Wars episode one. 
with uh, Mr. Plinkett. I don't know if you've seen that. Mr. Plinkett. Yeah, it's like a character they have. I don't know. It's a. It's kind of a famous, uh, or it's just a. You know, it's a popular video. It's from quite a while back now, though. It, those are probably like from more than ten years now. But yeah, no, it's, a, it's a good channel. I got an interesting question for you. Obviously, you believe that we. We must live in some form or layer of the universe. Do you believe that there's anything below us on a dimensional wise? Um, I don't see around. I don't see a way around having to have an infinite amount of dimensions. But I don't know if I. I don't know if matter exists in higher dimensions. That's sort of my guess is that maybe there's an infinite amount of dimensions, but the, um, the first, you know, three, three dimensions of space and the one of time, there's something different. Like if you study just the geometry of it, there's something, um, there's different things you can do in geometry on the first four dimensions that you can no longer do on higher dimensions. So I think it might be something like that, where there's certain things that kind of fit into these dimensions, and then they don't really work in higher dimensions. Um, like there's shapes that have a um, an analog in every dimension, and then there's shapes that can only exist. Like there's one special shape that there's no real similar shape in any other dimension than the fourth dimension, for example. So like that sort of thing, but like a cube, for example, like a, a square and a cube and a hypercube, you can have, you can have a hypercube in any, any dimension. We got somebody down here that says, how did you and Adam meet Brett and town towering says, Hey Brett, how you doing? Anybody wants to come in? You can, the link is out there. Well, how did we meet? Wasn't it over in Stickham, Adam? That's usually where I met a lot of people at. Probably in Stickham, yeah. I probably had seen your YouTube videos, and then I probably met you in Stickham. Probably right around the time I became an atheist, actually. Yeah, that's where I met uh, John and Vaughn. And Back when you were an atheist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I remember those were tough times. I used to have good conversations with the religious folks and all that, but damn it, I went into other rooms. Ugh, I didn't like the attitude or behavior people gave a lot in those rooms. Yeah, Stickham was something else. That was definitely was a different time. But yeah, Brett, um, with the dimension thing, I do think that. I don't know. I'm open to the possibility that there's only the dimensions that we see, but I don't see a reason why it would stop at three or four dimensions. I've thought about that a lot. Like, Oh, um, I didn't, I didn't say that it, it stopped at three or four. What I was suggesting is, is no. that an entity only needs to be third or fourth dimensional to meet the attributes of the concept of God. Well, I, I'm not saying that you said that, but that's, I think the, we look around and we see three, three dimensions of space. So most people think, okay, well, there 
are only three dimensions of space. So, I mean, that's pretty convincing. That if there was a fourth spatial dimension, it seems like we should be able to easily access it and, and move around in it or at least see stuff from it. But um, I'm open uh, to the how, idea. How, how do you come up with that idea, though? If you're, if you're um, a being or an entity that exists within like a just to give like allegory here, but if you're living in a monitor or a screen like your computer, how are you ever supposed to go outside of that unless the person who's on the outside of the computer puts in a USB drive or some storage bank to pull you out of it to transfer you anywhere else but where you're at? And of course, for you, it would all appear as though that this is all there is. Yeah, but... You're saying if you're on a screen, that's you're you're making like okay to to address that you're getting into like a simulation hypothesis thing. So if instead you were saying if you're only on like the layer a layer of um like a membrane layer of a body of water or something, just the surface of it or something, I think would be more analogous to what 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 at least i'm thinking of it as rather than like some kind of artificial constraint put on it something like that mr appius says oh cool i have no idea what that is it was a, a program a long time ago where people could go in and it had several webcam slots where people could go in and talk it looked like dog shit but it gave people the ability to communicate. It was very revolutionary, but the website wasn't meant for like some kind of place where people come to socialize. It was meant for women to like show off their ass or whatever and be a porn site, which it eventually turned into. And I don't think it exists anymore, but me and Adam, we liked it because it was a place people could go to, to talk to, you know? Yeah. Just to be clear, it was just like, google hangouts or like we have that like this it's similar to that it's not like a porno site but um it's like a it's just like a, a video streaming site and there was a lot of you know religious and atheist versus christian debates and interfaith and like witch channels and pagan channels it was really interesting a lot of like philosophy and um political places and a lot of times you just see a screen with like 10 different squares of everyone on video <clears throat> but um and yeah but there it was before it was a time before censorship so it's like there was no you, anything goes like there was no uh censoring so there you would encounter things that you could not see on youtube it feels so odd adam for me and you to sit here and explain to people that there used to be a time period where you right, could right. Fucking shoot the shit and have a good time and not have to worry about getting fucking clanked so weird <laughs> yeah it's funny it, it does seem odd to have to describe what stickam was like it was like this ancient period of civilization in the past yeah it's odd it was fun though that was a i had a weird experience over there adam i remember um i used to i didn't just want to debate like uh, christians and all that i also wanted to have discussions with pagans and why they had the views they did and vaughn was one of the only tolerable pagans i ran into where he could have a discussion with, 
what I mean by is he wouldn't lose his fucking shit if you ask him questions about his paganism. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if I went into other pagan rooms, sometimes there'd be other atheists there, and they'd say, Brett, why are you, like, debating these pagans for about their views? And I'm like, because they believe in the supernatural and all the stuff that a lot of the stuff that Christians believe in. Why wouldn't I argue with them and debate them about their views? And uh, I, non-believers actually come up against me on that. Adam. they were like, oh, the pagans are nice. Leave them alone. Like Christians were the only one that we could whoop up on. Yeah, I, I found that unusual. I, I felt like everybody was fucking the safe bet to go after. Back then, Christians and Muslims were, were safe. I think to a lesser extent now. I think yeah. it's not considered poor taste to go after the Muslims anymore. Yeah, went into Muslim rooms as well and argued with them. But one thing I noticed about the Muslims is they enjoyed it. When they seen me come into a room, they were like, oh, cool, we have somebody to argue with. <laughs> but pagans, they were very, they got very antsy and, and sensitive about it. And Christians, as long as you, like, behaved yourself and didn't, like, get into any derogatory shit, you could last for hours. Yeah. Well, Brett, so whether there are higher dimensions or not, would you agree that it, as we look out, it just appears that there's three space dimensions and some people consider time as a dimension. So there's, it appears that there's only three or four dimensions. Well, Adam, I think that we're still primitive in our way. Obviously, appearances is what fucking does but Brett, it. But I'm just asking you, do you agree in the most straightforward sense as you look out, it seems like there's three or four dimensions only? By appearance, yeah. It seems like this is all there is. Okay. So, say that you were like some little amoeba thing in half. Well, let's say there was a, um, one uh, a two-dimensional creature living on the surface of like the membrane of, of the membrane of like some film of um, the surface of water or something. If we had the ability, like the abilities of observation and everything that we have, but it was like that, there could be evidence of something. For example, something drops from above and splashes into the water, for example. So that would be evidence that it's like, wait a minute, this is like, like, where is this coming from? You know what I mean? I don't oh, I know of any phenomenon like that that we see that suggests that maybe there is some four or five or six dimensional thing going on. And we have some kind of evidence of it interacting with only our three dimensions. Oh, I get what you're saying. Like something, um, something falls from another dimension and lands into our dimension, right? Sure. Or like, let's say we lived on the surface of the water and we were these like little two dimensional flat things like a flatlander. If they encountered like a fish or something, they could tell that it wasn't just a, a, a little flat membrane thing. They could tell that it's like transforming and changing because it's like first you see like the top of the scale and then it comes up higher and it's like a different shape. And it's like seems to be like morphing, you know, like I don't think that there's any examples of something like that that we in, that we have encountered well wouldn't you say i mean because we were describing god as like some kind of energy force earlier so it would probably 
we would probably say that most of the con the uh how do i put this the uh, substance or materials that is around god would most likely be energy based as well if something like that did drop mm-hmm. how would we even be able to know that that was from a different dimension in the first place right i don't know but i am a lot more open to the idea that one just logically i don't see how how the dimensions could ever stop at just three or four that logically doesn't make sense to me the same way logically i don't think that the universe can you can go back in time and there's just a a starting point same logic applies to dimensions um however there does seem to be a stop a stopping point for matter so yeah i like i've said like maybe if there are higher dimensions maybe it is like there's all this energy to the universe and there's energy in all dimensions, but matter only works in the three dimensions for some reason. Some kind of limitation of, it could be just a, a simple geometric limitation like we see with, you know, cubes and octahedrons and stuff. Well, as you probably remember, Adam, I know you've uh, heard Nick probably talk about this, but Nick is absolutely convinced that the Bible should be interpreted that at some point in time, other entities did come from like a different realm or a different dimension, that they actually came down and uh, appeared before humans. He calls them Nephilims and angels and fallen angels that interacted with humanity. And according to history, primitive people throughout the ages have claimed that something continues to appear in front of them and they've had conversations and, uh, you know, whatever with them. So maybe that's the answer you're looking for, the thing that splashed in the water. Um, Well, Brett, I don't believe that those things are real, though. So you'd have to have an example of like, say today where we have, everyone has a cell phone in their pocket and they can just record stuff. That would be evidence of an encounter with a Nephilim. (laughs) But otherwise it sounds just like ancient mythological creatures. They're just mythology, fictional. Right. And unfortunately, Adam, even with video nowadays, as we talked about earlier, how can you trust what you're even seeing anymore with the bullshit people are able to do on a technological level, deep fakes? Uh, Hell, I got a short up on my uh, YouTube channel right now where it appears as though a bunch of spaceships are flying by and this guy's recording it on a cell phone. I don't know if it's spaceships. I don't know if it's a bunch of fucking meteorites, but he seemed to catch it on his recording. But how do we know he didn't just, he wasn't some creative guy who knew how to make it look like that to put up a real awesome video or it actually happened? See, even video isn't even good evidence anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have been right along with you about a decade ago on video. Video is the the fucking gospel evidence. That's all you need. But after I've seen what people can do, hell, I starred in a cartoon recently. So, shit, anything's the limit now. Yeah, I'm interested if they're going to update some of the laws and stuff of what counts as evidence evidence now. Because you really couldn't... I mean, we've always had this dilemma to an extent with you know there were still special effects and computer generated things but 
now it's so advanced that the idea of presenting some audio recording as evidence it's like how how would you show that that was really the person i don't think that there's going to be a way to to show that it really was them the only way I think that you could even figure out if it was a person or not is if the person has an alibi. But oof, I don't know. Well, it's gonna be harder to just to show that you have an alibi. Yeah, because you could gen, you could fake a make a fake alibi. You could generate a fake video. Oh, I was at this place at that time, and you just generate it. Exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do on that deal. That'll be very interesting. I think it'd be harder to get someone in trouble, but it'll also be harder for you to. Uh, it'll be e it'll be easier to get away with a crime. It'll just be harder to enforce any kind of laws now. If it if it's based off of like presenting video or audio evidence. I see. I watch a show called The Practice. It's an older show having to do with defense attorneys and court drama and all You're that. There's an actual case on there where a woman, um, she was defending herself and they made it appear as though the person was unarmed and they also uh, put some shit on her face in order to make it look like it was another woman. They actually did do that in the case where someone was framed for it. And that was a big debacle. That was a really fascinating uh, video. Interesting. You sound like you're a little nervous about that. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> now, you seem really interested in the whole fourth dimensional entity and all that. And that is a good question about uh, things uh, basically coming down and splashing. How would we be able to see it if something got knocked over or whatever? But. It seems like that's something that people have been claiming for a long time, that something outerly world has come to us. Hell, remember a while back, Matt was making the suggestion that scientists were claiming that octopus weren't from this world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, Brett, but yeah, I um, like higher dimensional geometry is one of like my main kind of things that I'm really fascinated by so i mean in principle let's say in principle if you could have matter in higher dimensions and there and they were there and there was stuff going on there um i don't see any reason why that wouldn't why you wouldn't be able to have something like kind of similar to what you're describing but it raises the question why wouldn't we be able to just m scoot over or move up and go into that dimension? Like we can easily, we can move our arm left and right, up, down, and forward and backward. Why wouldn't we able to be able to just move it in this other fourth dimension? Same reason why I can't make my Fallout character leave the actual game and the parameters that was made for it. That's that's only an explanation if this is a, a simulation. Well, wouldn't it kind of have to be something like that if we're to presuppose that there's a programmer or a creator or some alien god? We would have I'm to not, suggest that they're... I'm not presupposing any of those things. 
Okay, well, I'm I'm just putting that word out there. That way, later, if my video is recorded and put up on some asshole's YouTube channel, <laughs> they understand where I'm going with it. Presupposes a a gentle word for the skeptics who might be listening. But if you don't presuppose the thing that you're trying to prove, <laughs> and we look at ordinary reality, if there really are higher dimensions with physical stuff going on. Why wouldn't we be able to move? If you're, you're, so, your response is because you think it's like more like a simulation. Yeah, the parameters are set up. We have our limitations. I mean, think about it. Even within our own universe, if we tried to go out into, out of the atmosphere of Earth, danger just starts immediately uh, coming at us. No air, freezing. You know, just sudden death. Well, and yet people have gone to the moon. People are living in space stations right now. I mean, we can go into outer space. Well, perhaps one day we'll be able to figure out a way. Maybe we'll find out where the portal or opening is to be able to visit or explore these type of things. But right now, if you would ask people a couple hundred years ago, are we ever going to get on the moon? They'd probably look at you like you're fucking talking mythology, right? Oh, did you know, Brett, that China is uh, planning a, to, a return to the moon? A manned mission to the moon? A manned mission? Are they going to... With humans. Okay. Well, that's cool. I'm wondering what took Like within so this decade, it's supposed to be that they're returning to the moon. I'm, I've always been curious why they didn't do it sooner. Brett, do you not believe in the moon landings? I believe that uh, we landed on the moon, but again, I have heard some interesting stories and seen some videos where people have claimed that it's possible things could have been, I guess, in a primitive way, deep faked. I do pay attention to the stuff. I don't just automatically say, ah, this person's fucking retarded. I've never yeah. been to the moon myself, so I wouldn't even know wh what to say about that. I remember seeing this one video where someone pointed out they were showing an astronaut and then they zoomed up on the, um, you know, the big ass glass thing they got on that big ball head thing that they got. I forget what it's called, but you could see, uh, you could literally see like uh, some bullshit in the monitor that shouldn't have been there. Okay, interesting. So you're a, you're a moon landing skeptic, at least you would say. Well, I I can see it both ways. I I really love the idea that we have actually stepped on the moon and we did all that. I really prefer that to be the fucking case. But like we've been sitting here talking about the kind of bullshit that politicians and scientists pull, it's kind of yeah. hard to believe things nowadays. Hmm. As you remember, we were going through a big old thing with all the other countries. We were in a race. We wanted to be the first country to do this and that. And, I don't know. I just don't have that much faith in our politicians sometimes, but I'd prefer that it would be the case that America actually did that. That's neat to me. Right. I'm wondering what the fuck's going on with the Mars deal. I mean, we're talking about going back to the moon. What the fuck happened to Mars? I know I Trump know. put out a huge budget for NASA to be able to do that. Why ain't I hearing no more about it? I, I have no idea. 
I wonder if it has something to do with that iSun thing from a while back. Do you remember you remember the iSun deal? Mm, I'm gonna have to refresh my memory. I think it was some kind of meteorite or asteroid. Uh, they claimed the years ago that uh, one of the reasons why uh, any kind of exploration of Mars was delayed because they said that the iSun basically hit part of the atmosphere of Mars and set some shit on fire. I'm pretty sure that that actually was in the news. Hmm. But I have watched a lot of fuck TV. I could be mixing it up. It's... Sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't remember. So, but Brett, um, okay, this is interesting because you're kind of, you've given sort of a very, very uh, detailed explanation of your beliefs of God. And you're basically not, you're not describing an alien on another planet. You're describing a being, a higher dimensional being. And you're not describing of being coming and making planet earth and creating humans on it you're describing something like a unnaturally artificially constrained experiment or something where we're artificially constrained to three dimensions like like making a video game or something yeah yeah well i how do i put this adam it's not really so much as I'm a hundred percent subscribed to these ideas. It's I enjoy listening to Carl Sagan. His voice relaxes me. Mm -hmm. I, I listen and I watch his fucking video and I'm like, wow, it almost sounds like he's describing a theological deity. And then after watching him, I wanted to see how many people actually have this view. And I looked into all this shit. I've also heard, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson even suggests dimensional entities. And uh, it started, a lot of it just sounded like the way they describe the attributes of an entity like that. It was like, that could very possibly be the explanation uh, for God. But I'm not saying that I'm like, aren't it? I'm just saying a lot right, of it right. makes sense. Okay. Um, well, I mean, if Neil deGrasse Tyson said it, we got to... We gotta listen to him, right? Well, it's more it's more Carl Sagan, to be honest with you. Neil deGrasse Tyson, the way he moves when he talks and the kind of arrogance he has, it kind of annoys yeah. me. I never did like that snotty fucking behavior. But he's like, Well, let me just tell you about three billion, you know, it's like it's I don't know. Carl Sagan's more easier on me to listen to. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what Carl Sagan said about God and uh, the eternal universe. Oh, yeah. I I realize I've seen some videos where he's just outright fucking derogatory towards the concept of God and sees it as a fable. And then I've seen other videos where he's getting into science and he's not really even thinking about religion. But some of the shit that he describes is very it falls in line with a lot of my theological um, ideas. I'd rather call them ideas and views. Right. Well, Brett, I meant specifically, there's something Carl Sagan said about people who believe in God and the idea of why not believe in an eternal universe instead. 
Well, for me, I don't have an issue with it. I still think that there would have to be some kind of a perpetuator, though. Where did the materials and substance come from? Being Adam that we've talked about dimensions, even if you believed in an eternal universe, you'd still have to be open to other parameters, right? Why? Well, why not? Like, what do you mean? What type of parameters? Other dimensions and realms. Even if you believe in a universe that always was, there's always the question of why is this even happening in the first place? Why is this going on? <clears throat> You're yeah, saying but that, that's easy to figure out. How is that? The universe is vast. How would you be able to figure that out? I think it's really easy. I, I a lot of people put that as like some people put that as like the number one hardest question that no one will ever figure out. I think like why is there something rather than nothing and why is it, you know, or wait, what what was it that you were just just now saying? Like how did you word it? I'm just saying with as uh, complex and as extraordinary as the universe is, I would think either way, whether you claim it as a beginning or it's eternal, um, there's just so much to it. I mean, it's obvious that's one of the reasons why these scientists are making up bullshit information, because they don't even know what to do at this point. They don't even, they can't even fucking be bothered to figure it out at this point. Don't you believe that's the reason why they're doing what they're doing in the first place? Because they're in desperation? Um, I think that they're, they're in like a state of denial and desperation combined together. I think they're in denial that it's not working. But they know that it's not working, but they're in denial that anything's wrong. Well, I've heard, I've heard for years scientists give an unsatisfactory answer to humanity about the universe. They say that when you really start getting down in the quantum and string and all that, things start becoming real messy and then coherent for them and all that. So I get it. I, I don't like the idea of scientists fucking throwing bullshit imaginative things out there, but I get it. I think there's a lot of people, especially in politics, whenever it comes to science, where they're under a lot of pressure. Hmm. Yeah, I think that there was something went wrong somewhere around the time of around Einstein. Maybe the early 1900s around there where they, for some reason, ideas that before would have been rejected as just ridiculous, people just like accepted these wild, you know, space can now twist and turn and, and a particle can be two places at the same time and all this like quantum weirdness and all this like time, time, you know, you can travel on a rocket ship and come back and you're like a different age than your twin and stuff like that. Like these things were just accepted. And then there's all these problems, but it's 
it's problems because the models are, are weird and wrong and have these issues and there's weird interpretations like a literal interpretation of something of like actual bent space or something i think that is the issue is it's not that there's something weird going on on the quantum level is something messed up with their their theory when they try to describe the normal quantum level and it gets screwed up because they have the wrong axioms and assumptions and things in there. That's what I think. And a lot of these uh, labs and where they do experiments and research, don't they need to be funded? They need to be funded. Yes. And they don't ever have any kind of answer. I mean, what would you do as a scientist when you know your fucking jobs on the line and you don't have a new book out in the last 10 years. You got to do something in order to get people's attention. Come up with some dramatic shit that sounds crazy, where it sounds so fucking crazy that nobody could even argue with you about it unless they're on the level of the Adam, Mr. Adam Lower. <laughs> well, as long as it's within the correct paradigm. So if you say something crazy like that within the Big Bang paradigm, then yeah, they're, they're going to accept it. If you say, oh, maybe... Um light loses energy as it travels oh that's just you're a crackpot if you say that you know off with his head maybe light loses energy as it travels that's completely absurd what a what a pseudo scientific piece of shit you know you're a crackpot you're a piece of shit but Takes dark a lot energy of balls for somebody to get out there in the public and say albert einstein and these you know scientists before us were full of shit it's a different way of looking at it Oof, that takes a well, lot of balls. Albert Einstein, this is the thing. Albert Einstein had special and general relativity are the two main things that he's most well known for. He did a lot of other important stuff. But Albert Einstein was working on a new theory to replace those theories because he knew that they were wrong. Albert Einstein himself said that those theories are wrong. Albert Einstein said there's not black holes. There's not these weird quantum mechanics effects. There's not gravity waves. These are mistakes. These are There's not these singularities. There's not a Big Bang singularity. And he was working to his dying day trying to make a correct theory because he knew that his theory was wrong. So I'm so if you follow the history of it, it's not saying that it's not, oh, you got to be bold and have big balls to question Einstein, the almighty Einstein who can do no wrong. Einstein had tons of ideas. He had so many different theories. He changed a bunch of his theories. Like he had a static model. He had an eternal model. He had a big bang model. He kept changing a bunch of stuff. He, he, would, he would have an idea. He would see that it was messed up and he would do a different one. He did that a lot. Um, like Einstein's explanation of redshift changed like four different times. And he died working on his new theory, which he didn't complete. He didn't complete the correct theory. He didn't complete figuring out what's the right answer. <clears throat> but because it's institutionalized, it's deeply ingrained where now, oh, well, Einstein can do no wrong. You're not allowed to question him. And they just have that almost, it's like, a, it's been a hundred years now. And you're not allowed to change it. You're not, you're not allowed to take it out. You're not allowed to change it. You're not allowed to question it. And uh, it's it stalls the progress of science. 
Got an interesting question for you, Adam. And here in a little bit, I got to go watch me some practice with my daughter. She just got home from work. But oh, cool. I got a fascinating science question for you and kind of a theological thing at the same time. Let's say that you were an official scientist. At least the world accepted you as like a, a mainstream scientist. And you're doing some research on the universe. And you got one of these high-definition, badass cameras that can see all the way up somebody's butthole and then some. Well, what happens is, is while you're looking around, you notice that somewhere in a location of the universe where you're able to observe it through this machine, the space begins ripping open and you see some kind of illuminated, some kind of being or entity come out of this big giant hole in the universe. You see this, you're observing it and you're not exactly sure what it is, but from your views and what you've heard all your life, you get the impression that it's something that's very godlike. Would you tell the humanity about it or would you keep it to yourself? Brett, what you said the space rips open? Yeah, let's say that you're looking what does that at mean? You're, you're observing the universe and it appears as though like some strange anomaly happens where it appears as out of the darkness of space. It looks like some kind of light entrance or something really weird opens up and you see things coming out of it that appear to be alive. Mm -hmm. And you even get the idea that there might be some kind of theological basis on it. Would you tell the rest of humanity or would you keep it to yourself? Well, yeah. If I mean, if I actually observed that, I, would, I wouldn't hide that information. You'd go out on television and say, I was looking at this area. But what you just described, I don't know what you mean, because I don't know what you mean by space ripping open, and I don't know what you mean by theological. Like, what am I seeing that implies anything theological? Well, you've had a lot of, uh, you've heard a lot of theological discussions. What I'm saying is, you basically see something that, in what you've heard throughout time, might describe something that might be angelic or divine or something of a definitely not of this universe. Okay. So like if it looked like what we would commonly think of as maybe like an angel or something. Yeah. You seen some kind of humanoid form that had some kind of wings or some kind of a span on it that just looked like something that you would never have expected to even be in the universe. Would you tell people about that? Yes. You wouldn't be concerned that people might think that you're nuts or just kind of making shit up? Well, people, it doesn't matter what you say. People are going to say that. People say that if you think that light loses energy, like I said. I was people just are curious. fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> You're saying I look and I, I'm I look and I'm the only one that sees this and I can't like record it or something. I suppose you could. I mean, we're already dealing with that. that dilemma. Is people think that you're a crackpot or you're crazy? If you if you believe anything that's not conventional, the mainstream thread that everyone's supposed to believe in, then yeah, people are going to call you crazy. They're going to call you retarded. They're going to call you a crackpot. So. Do you think that there's been anybody out there that may have actually seen unusual stuff and they just decided to keep it to themselves because they 
didn't like the idea, the pressure of the public on sure, it. Yeah. yeah. Probably okay. probably more people than not. Like I would bet that people probably keep things to themselves more than sure if it goes against the uh popular view, you know. Oof. That's terrifying. I do like the fact that you had the courage and the bravery to say, look, this is something true that I have seen happen with the universe and that you'd be willing to tell people and give them the answer no matter what kind of pressure or shit would happen to you. I think some people don't have that kind of strength. Hmm. I mean, I think it, I don't know. I think if, if someone looked through, you're saying look through a telescope and you see like, some beam of light in an angelic thing and it's like almost as if it's like coming out of space into this bright light behind it right yeah imagine like a a strange nexus type of thing where mm -hmm. um, it's like a beam of light that looks like uh it's forming a portal or a circle Think of Stargate, if you want to, with light just exploding out of it, and then you see these entities, something that looks like an angel come out of it. Yeah. Would you say would it, be re would it be replicatable where you could have you could have someone else look or you can look again and it's still there, or it's just like a one-time event? It would make the question more interesting as a hypothetical if I said only you got to see it in the moment, and then after a while it just simply vanished. But sure, I'll even give you that. You can even show some other people. But remember what we argued about when it came to video and AI earlier. Even mm -hmm. video isn't sometimes enough for people. Well, you know, in the days of Galileo, Brett... <laughs> Galileo saw, you know, the moons of Jupiter and stuff. And he was trying to convince people and they literally refused to look through the telescope. They would not look through the telescope. It was that blasphemous. Even to even look through the telescope and check and see what he was talking about. So I'd be willing to bet if what you just described did happen, there would be people who just would refuse to even try to look and see. I believe that. I agree with you on that. And there's no telling how many things that scientists may have seen where they had to debate themselves. Do they want to die on that hill? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to go that far back in history to where people literally killed people for believing something. You know, if you believe something different, they literally kill you. So that's still the, we're still the same species that did that, you know, less than, I don't know how many hundreds of years ago they were doing stuff like that, but the, our species still has that within us, you know? Oh, we do. I think that there's a lot of humans who would, uh, I, I do believe that there are people out there that would, um, kill another person over, uh, something in science that actually blew everything out of the water or completely I think changed the way we see things. I could easily see that happening today. If there was a way to stop something from coming out, if, if they just had to kill that one guy and it wouldn't get out, if it was like definitive hardcore data that otherwise would not get out, yeah, I could see them trying to do that. Yeah. I don't have uh, I don't have any optimism towards how humanity does things. I don't really feel like we've changed that much.
Maybe that's the age-old question that a lot of skeptics have asked me about. Why don't you think we see this or we hear about this? If this were true, then why, why don't anybody hear about it? Well, I think we both answered the question pretty good on that. Apiast says it's called Lucifer. The telescope itself is called Lucifer? Oh, is that what they're saying? The Catholic Church owns the largest telescope on Earth. It's called Lucifer. Huh. Oh, boy. I didn't know that. I'll have to look that up have later. To look into that one. Well, Lucifer is the name of the morning star. Isn't it? I believe that's what they go with. There's an unusual... Uh, passage in the uh, book of Revelation, uh, I probably shouldn't put it out because it'll get a bunch of religious people pissed off. Is that where Jesus is called the morning star? Hey, there you go, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, it's a, you know, it's a translation. It's the light bearer or something like that. Bringer of light. I think that's what it literally means. It's like the bringer of light. But. Let me see. Telescope called Lucifer. I'll type that in and see what we got. Telescope. Lucifer. That would... Uh, Strange that the Catholic Church would decide to do that. That's not spooky, right? Does the Vatican have a telescope called Lucifer? Uh, I don't think I'm going to go to answers in Genesis for the fucking my answer. Let's see. How come, Brett? <laughs> There's a lot of that's bullshit. I've uh, I've looked at their site before. I'm not really impressed by Mister Ham and some of his nonsense. Oh, is that his uh, website? I I know this may come off weird hearing it from me because I believe in God and all that, but I actually do prefer watching more science-based videos than listening to some preacher rant about things I've already heard a million times. And I know that aggravates people. They're like, Brett, you need to go to church. And for what? The only thing that would benefit me is the picnics. <laughs> so <laughs> that's if I guess I'm Pentecostal or about the picnic then. Well, there's the agoraphobia issue, Adam. And People, you, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And besides, my wife's a really great cook. She can make any anything she makes is usually a hundred times better than anything you can get in an ant-filled fucking picnic. Oh, Brett. Um, yeah. One more question, then I'll let you get to what is this? What is the show called? The practice. The practice, because yeah, I need to go to. I need to get cook a meal. But um, I saw that you had been doing a couple videos back and forth with um, Kazum, Kazumi. Yeah, I've been talking back and forth with him, but I think and he's I'm a pantheist. Well, that's what he he seemed to claim at first. Um, he 
how do I put this? I remember talking to him in the past in voice, and we seem to have really good discussions, but in text, he... Uh, it's hard to talk to him on his own videos because he's got like a pile of atheists that just jump on your ass the moment you even say anything to him. Oh, yeah. And then whenever he's on my channel, it's like he's hearing shit from my video that I didn't actually say. Like, for instance, in my latest video, he said, so you think mentally ill people ought to burn in hell? And I'm like, dude, I don't even believe in a burning hell. I clearly say in my video that you become non-existent, so your soul's obliterated. And he brings that up, and I don't, I don't know where some of the stuff is that he's coming up with is actually coming from. Does that make sense? Like, in other words, are you saying maybe you're saying one thing, like you believe in a Christian God or something, and he's then going from that, he's saying, well, then you believe in a hell. Well, I do believe in a form of hell, but simply as a, a mechanism to destroy yeah, yeah. or obliterate a soul. But I was clear about that, Adam. You know me. I go to I'm, one of the things that annoys some people when they watch my videos is sometimes I repeat myself just to make sure somebody don't fuck me over, put words in my mouth. That's become my mm -hmm. pattern. And I will explain every single thing that I say to make sure that it can't be like misinterpreted or taken out of context. But I'm talking to him and I felt like he was just like he was thinking he was having a conversation with just another typical standard religious person. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe it was like the way you worded something or he just assumed that. But it seems like I mean, I don't know because he's super well, but it seems like he's usually pretty. uh Fair and intellectually honest with stuff. Yeah, but he keeps on saying things like uh, uh, he doesn't. Uh, one of the questions that he has is uh, why does a God or even Jesus have to die in the place of another and all this? And yeah. I described my view on that. And I also made it clear to him, and this is weird because a lot of religious people don't want to go this route, but. I said, it's not necessary. God did not have to do this. Jesus didn't have to do any of these things. But for whatever reason, this is the choice God made. Right. It may not make sense to him, but it may make perfect sense to God the way he handled it and the day and time in which it happened, the event. Hmm. I don't know. It's It seems to me, how do I put it? When I'm talking to him, it, it feels like uh, I've had these kind of conversations with people before where they're aggravated because their own lifestyle is condemned by the religion. So they figure that that's where they're going to take it. I call it the, um, the, the victim complex. Do you know what that is? Sure. Well, self-explanatory. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I guess I expected a little bit more of a deeper conversation with them, not for it to go that route. So I'm wondering to myself, should I continue to try to talk to him? Because he's like, it's like he's hearing something else that's not actually being said. Like we're talking right. over each other and I don't want to piss him off or come off insensitive. I like him a lot. I just don't want to like hurt the guy or upset him. And yeah. then be having angry videos back and forth to each other. Because I think what he does is good. Yeah. Well, maybe if you do continue, um, just make that a little bit more clear. Just like spell it out. Like, look, I got 
not like a standard typical Christian. I got you know I have different views on some of these things. Unless you've already done that, you're saying already done it, Adam. I I talk in video same way I do in the live show. I even said at the very beginning, I spend a whole minute basically doing an ass kissing session. I'm like, this dude's cool. He's a nice guy. I watched him in the past. I enjoy his content and I'm having a discussion with him back and forth. This isn't like a, you know, a gotcha or, you know, this kind of thing, but yeah. it doesn't seem to be that he perceives it as I tried to articulate. And Adam, I, I understand I got my keenisms and my way of talking, but I think I'm pretty fucking articulate. I think that I, I'm not that confusing when listening to me, am I? Well, it's I would I don't know because I didn't like watch through everything that you guys were saying. But if I had to guess, he's probably just going by, you know, what he thinks goes with the belief system and responding about that without specifically keeping track of every single thing you are specifically saying would be my guess because that happens to me a lot even if i'm very explicitly trying to keep saying what i do and do not believe in in these discussions like even after the hundredth time it's like people still say oh so you're saying this okay i got you it's like no 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 it's the exact opposite of what i've been fucking saying this whole time <laughs> like sometimes just people don't it doesn't click you know yeah, that's that's how I feel. I feel like I'm in a lot of these conversations, I'm being pigeonholed. Like they want me to be this character that they can argue with as opposed yep. to have an actual conversation where we get somewhere. And I don't mind if someone wants to spend five minutes trying to fuck with me a little bit, but let's get beyond that at some point. Let's let's get the topic actually rolling to where I actually want it to be, or something interesting at least. Don't don't continue to talk to me like I'm just an asshole down the street at your local watered down fucking church, you know? Well, Brett, maybe do this. Maybe if you do another video, maybe ex maybe start off by criticizing or or making a comment a, about the things that you don't believe in to kind of make you know make it more obvious and clear where it's like um you know what i mean like if you just leave something unsaid well i don't know because i don't know what you guys all talked about um but like if you start the video off by saying this is what's different and this is what's different and this is what's different from what you believe if that's kind of the theme of what you're saying it it almost would be like impossible to respond to that by saying, by just making some assumption of the, the mainstream belief. I would think, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I, I don't know the, what I'm saying really fits in with what you guys were talking about. Cause I didn't like, I didn't well, watch the whole thing. I, what, all your well, Adam, one, Adam, one of my major things that I've noticed, and it's not just with kids, you, me, he hasn't done this to me just yet, but um, when someone does make a video where they appear to be as though they're going to respond to me or some questions I say, they uh, start the video up and they usually put me on fast forward. Like I'm going blah, 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 where you can't even make out what the fuck I'm saying. And then they stop it. And then they start going on about shit that has nothing to do with what the fucking point is. Man, that's annoying, dude. Could you imagine you sit there for 20 minutes describing your view and position of the universe and some fucking dummy just fast forward your voice where you sound like a chipmunk 
and then go uh, on to say some bullshit that you didn't even fucking say. And then everybody in the comments is like, man, you own that motherfucker. Owned? You didn't even hear what the fuck Adam had to say. What the fuck are you talking about? It's it's ridiculous. That's pretty much the typical internet experience of sharing your views. That's pretty much what it is. But yeah, well, the speeding up thing I find really annoying. A lot of people do that. I don't understand. It's called retarded. That's what it is. It's fucking retarded. Let's not even actually own this person. We'll just narrate it as if we did. That's man, how the hell fuck can you have discussions with other human beings when they do shit like that? Right. I've never done and then that. And all the audience is cheering of how good you did. Adam, have you noticed when I make a video and I'm responding to someone or I'm doing a news report, I actually let the story play? I let what the person actually has to say. I feel like I'm going to let that person have as much opportunity as they possibly can to make their point, and then I'm going to fucking unpackage it in front of them. That, to me, is honorable. That's badass. You let the person say what they say, and then you fucking annihilate them. Not mm -hmm. beep, 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 and then do that. There's no respect there. Yeah, I mean the these the popular channels that are doing that, they don't have to even try. They don't have to do anything. They can just say, "Oh yeah, whatever." Like they just have to dismiss it. Like they they don't have to have a good argument or reason against it. They can just d disagree with you, and the crowd will just cheer and celebrate and like it up and lick it up and just you know, it's it's really stupid and frustrating. It is. I know that whenever you talk about the universe, it's something that means a whole lot to you. It's very important. And for somebody to just fucking slice and dice it like like you didn't even say nothing or even give it an effort. And to have to sit through it and watch them do that and then see the comments. It, it does make you feel like you need to start a, a tables, ladders, and chair fucking match. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> yeah. I, I just... At this point, I just try to stay out of it. It's because it's not like it was before where people are trying in the early days of YouTube, people actually wanted to exchange ideas and they wanted to really discuss these topics. And now it's more, it's just a popularity thing. It's like, it's just kind of rooting for who's more popular, whose side are you on? And you just root for them regardless of what they say. It's just retarded. Yeah. It's uh, and a lot of people don't understand nowadays. People say, Hey, Brett, why don't you go on this podcast? Why don't you go here and go there? Why? So somebody can cut me off in one minute or just go make blah blah noises or right. gorm 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 and atheist experience or something. Yeah, they just like mute you, <laughs> start talking <laughs> shit, start yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how anybody could uh. Man, if people did that back in the day where they just talk over a motherfucker or yell at him like that, in reality, I mean, let's face it, in reality, people got bitch slapped for shit like that. Yeah. But nowadays, it's like it's fucking rewarded to treat people like as much dog shit as you yep. possibly <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what has changed, but something, something shifted. You know, this might sound weird to you, Adam. I've kind of gotten a little used to people doing me that way, but 
I can't for the life of me. It is so difficult for me not to fucking just go off on somebody when I hear them do that to you specifically. Because I know you put a lot of thought into what you're saying and that you're trying to make them understand as stupid as they fucking are. And then when they just turn around and just kind of whatever, it's like, oh, man. Oh, bitch slap coming, motherfucker. It's just, it annoys me. Yeah. It annoys me too. It would be interesting to have some of these conversations face to face with these motherfuckers and then see what kind of bullshit they try to talk. Wouldn't be a very long conversation in my public area, even though I fucking try to compromise how I do things on the internet. In real life, if somebody talked to me like that, boy, things could get disturbing real quick. Yeah. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but damn it, if somebody's like three inches from your face talking to you like that, fuck. That's that's what we call, I guess we'll do a keenism here. That's when you take them about back to the barn and shit and talk to them differently. Uh-huh. Maybe it was monetization that, that is what changed. Because I think before people can make money off their videos, you didn't see stuff like that as much. Like yeah, that's one of my big theories. That might might have been it. Because it doesn't matter if you actually are right or if you argue the point or present a rational argument now. It's just the appearance of things, you know? Yeah, that's what I exactly feel happened, Adam. I felt like a long time ago, religious people, non-believers, and people of all different views that used to be but it wasn't about profit or money. It was a communication device where yep. people got to just really talk. And everybody, as far as I was concerned, it seemed like everybody was getting along. There wasn't there was the passionate arguments, but nothing like this. It just seemed like when money got involved, all of a sudden everybody started doing like retard videos and acting fucking like clowns. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be getting out of here in a little bit. You think I should open more live shows, though, Adam? You think I should do more during the early part of the week or just Fridays? Are you digging that? Um, what did you? So did you do your, your stream before this? Was it a week ago or two weeks ago? Uh, I figured I'd try to definitely do something every Friday, especially now oh. that my computer's been operated on. But... I know that you also, uh, there's times of the week that are better for you and all that, and I do enjoy talking to you and a few others. Um, do you think that I should open up something more times? Hmm. I mean, I for me personally, I think finding um, enough content of like stuff to talk about, I think if I try to do it more than once a week, I run out of things already to talk about, you know? But if, um, if you are trying different times a day and you're getting more people actually coming in, that's, I mean, that'd be great. Like maybe, um, cause you gotta, you gotta figure, well, actually what in your time zone, it's like what, almost midnight right now. Yeah. It's about eight minutes till midnight. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of videos that I would be able to react to and that we could discuss and topics, whether it's about things going on in society or science problem is is even whenever i turn my fucking obs off this the stream lags like a son of a bitch in stream yards and i've been trying to look into other shit it's it's bad 
it just you see it all of a sudden just drop and i don't know why that is there's nothing wrong with my internet or my computer's powerful so i don't i don't get why it's happening hmm. well if you're not let's see you can present a video in here without obs right yeah, but even then, even earlier when I was playing those intro videos and shit, I could see the internet fluctuating on the fucking deal, and I'm like, why is that happening for? I'm not even streaming that through OBS. It's through the software itself of the StreamYards. I don't even know if some of it broke up or had problems. It looks good on my side, but if you watch later, it's like, oh, shit, what happened? Why did that skip for? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I, I would love to do more of a, a podcast where we talk about something, we watch something for a few minutes and then respond, but fuck, technology. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Brett, I'll wrap it up with, since one of the early topics was the transgender stuff, I do, again, highly recommend that video. I, I did post a link called, Is Biological Sex a Simple Binary? by zach b hancock so if you're look, looking for something to check out it's pretty interesting because he talks about like these um instances where it's like it's i don't know i kind of was explaining it but like where the chromosomes are you have these different combinations of like chromosomes and you can have female chromosomes in one part of your body and male chromosomes in another part of your body and stuff like that like it's it's kind of interesting how it's it Really, if you look into the science of it, it's not as clear-cut as people make it out to be. Well, I hope you realize, Adam, whenever I'm discussing these things, especially about the transgender deal, I don't have a problem with people coming out in society and saying, look, we don't want to be bullied, we don't want to be mistreated, we want to be treated like everybody else. I completely get behind that. It's a lot of these inappropriate things like fucking athletes going in and whipping the shit out of women. It's this interaction with children and normalizing pedophilia that bothers me that just so happens to somehow find itself in the woke movement and with transgenders. But it's not transgenders themselves that I'm bothered with. I enjoyed my time with Nadia. I love the shit out of Amy. I think she's cool. It's just some of the shit, some of the things that some of these folks are doing in society. I just, I don't like where society's going at this point, if that makes sense. But it's nothing against them personally. Well, I do recommend the video. I think maybe it'd be good, uh, maybe a good topic of uh, something to respond to. Or like like with the, um, like he, he did that video as a response because of the Richard Dawkins thing too. Was, something just uh, you know a topic of uh something to consider all right well i'll definitely check it out now you were saying something from what i remember you said that it was basically stating that there's uh unusual things going on with chromosomes here right well that's one of the things it's not just it's he kind of deals with all the you could have these like kind of different combinations of chromosomes and gametes and these different you know ways that it um the body like develops and stuff how do you feel about let me give you an example of something that fucking bothers me and i feel like it's a dump on science is some of these transgenders are getting up here on video actually telling people that they need tampaxes 
and they need uh, that they think they're pregnant and all this kind of shit. Does this bother you at all, or do you actually need what? Some of them are wearing fucking pads, you know, menstruating pads and shit. And some oh. of them are claiming that they can actually get pregnant when they know that they just transitioned from a, a guy to a woman like a year before. And they're talking crazy shit like that. Does that bother you? Because you know that that's not possible. If they were born atomically a, a man, even if they got some shit going on in their DNA or they have weird stuff going on in their brain, that still doesn't equal out to they're going to have a baby or be able to menstruate, right? But what, I don't know. I, because like in this video, I don't remember. It seems like maybe this is one of the things that he talks about is that you could have someone that otherwise looks like a man, but they do have um, the ability to to give birth. Oh, shit. And I'm going to definitely like have to look I, at that. Well, I might be, mis be misremembering, but it's like you have these different combinations of things where it's like everything you kind of think of as what, you, what would make someone one or the other sex. Like there's an instance of a lot of there's a lot of instances where that is not the case. So they're rare instances, but it it makes the point that um, like you could have someone that looks like a woman with breasts and all this stuff outwardly, but all of the internal stuff is actually male. Like that just happens sometimes. I've heard of uh, the most unusual thing I've ever heard, and they seem to have evidence for it. There's a rare case where humans can be born with their organs on the other side of their body, like their heart is placed somewhere else oh, and all that shit. And I've also even seen clips of she-males before people are born both vagina and penis. So I'm not completely you know, fucking convinced that it's not possible that if that can happen physically, then surely the brain can be altered. But I do wonder if it's some kind of uh, anomaly or some kind of disability or mental illness or disorder as opposed to something that should be expected. Does that make sense to you? I mean, it makes sense, but at what point do you, if it's just a very small amount of the population that has a certain trait, it's a mental illness or a disorder just because it's really rare. Why would it have to be a disorder necessarily? Well, usually people like, uh, for instance, I mentioned the she-males, the she-males, even though there's By she -male, a rare... you mean, a we used to say hermaphrodite or they say intersex. No. Yeah. Right? Not like a female, like a chick with a dick. Yeah. There's people out there that have tits. They have a dick. They have all of it. But some of the the pieces don't work because their body's so, you know, they got so many weird shit going on inside their body. Maybe the vagina works, but the penis doesn't or vice versa, things like that. It usually means that even though they have the features, they still can't have a child. And that's how mm -hmm. we usually represent females in society, right? As being able to reproductively create children obviously there's some women who are barren or they can't have babies and it doesn't make them any less than a woman but that's usually how we see a female as the mother the woman who carries you know the vessel that carries a, a fetus that kind of thing and i've never seen a fucking guy have a baby before <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. You should you should watch the video because and it's just kind of it it doesn't even get into all the different stuff you got to take into consideration, but it does kind of raise some like in other words, Brett, let me put it this way to you. If you tried to give us a very explicit specific definition of what is a male and what is female. And if you included breasts or if you included chromosomes or if you included reproduction at being able to give birth, you're always going to find people that don't have those things. There's going to be someone who's a woman, except for they don't have breasts or they appear like a woman, but they have male chromosomes or they appear like a man, but they have female chromosomes. Like there's always going to be cases where none of your, you try to make this definition and it describes 99% of humans, but there's, there's always going to be people that don't meet that definition. And there's different combinations of things, or sometimes it's two, two of the thing you're trying to find it as male and female, but really there's some people that have a combination of those things or like one part of their body is male and one part of their body it's female or they have the brain structure of a male but the rest is more like a female like there's a lot of um dimensions to it oh, i've seen plenty of uh, women that look a hell of a lot like guys and i've seen guys that look yeah. very feminine i remember when i brought the album motley crew shout at the devil and laid it on my grandfather's table a long time ago he said damn them girls are cute I get it. Uh, appearances, <laughs> appearances can be deceiving and all that. It really comes down to the reproductive thing for me. It's it's just pretty much primarily. I don't have I I I don't know. I'm I guess I'm used to the idea of there's a wife, there's a mother, there's a sister, and we've always for thousands of years just held on to this male female thing. This idea that a guy on a video with lipstick and a fucking beard is saying he's you know, going to pop out a baby and shit when you know damn well he can't. That's that's getting too damn weird and extraordinary for me. So what is a female that can't reproduce? Uh, Not a female? A woman, a woman with an unfortunate... See, it works vice versa both ways on this. This is a woman who unfortunately, she was born or had some kind of virus or some kind of sickness that messed up her usual, what we'd expect a female to be able to do. It doesn't make her any less than a woman. Just like if you lost your arms, it doesn't make you any less of a person. Well, it does to an extent. <laughs> yeah, it makes you literally less of a person because you have less of your person. Yeah, but if you're if you accidentally had your arm like ran over and you had to have it amputated or something, we, we wouldn't be sitting here arguing if you're if you're actually a fucking man or not. We'll say you're a man oh, okay. who had a physical problem, or perhaps you were born and one of your arms didn't grow right, or you got a double growing out of an elbow or something. We still kind of recognize the idea of what a, a male and a woman, a male and a female, is. Well, you think you do, but you have these interesting cases where, like, there's, there's, I can't remember exactly what all he talks about and what is, like, from these other sources that I've seen. But you could have, for example, something that hormonally and physically would look like a woman. And I'm not talking about someone who had a surgery. Someone's born this way. But that they, they look female otherwise, but they would have 
um, genit ambiguous genitalia, and they would produce um, sperm. What is that? I don't think I've uh, say that one more time. What what are we dealing with? A guy who is generating sperm, or someone who's no, no, not, if someone who, if you saw them, you would think it was a woman. Other than seeing their ambiguous genitals, which you can't really, it's kind of like these in between stages. But they produce sperm. So in other words, they can impregnate a female. Well, that's uh, that obviously is an issue, Adam. And I've actually uh, I conceded to that earlier. I've seen plenty of fucking truckers, you know, women who look just totally <laughs> bulked out by a man and shit. You know what some would refer to as a butch. And I've uh, seen guys who are very feminine. How my grandfather can be deceived by Vince Neil from Motley Crue, right? So, but you know that if. Uh, you're in a room with Motley Crue and they take their clothes off, although they're wearing lipstick and look awfully attractive as females, because that's what they're representing themselves as, you're going to find a dick below. And you're going to probably get the idea what the dick is used for. Correct? Uh, I guess, but you you switch from my example to like cross-dressing. Yeah, I, I hear you. I don't know what, what I'd think, but I haven't actually experienced someone like that before. Not in my life. You got you said on the video it has this kind of stuff? It's along those lines, yeah. I don't I don't know if it has those exact same examples. Well, I'll tell you what, what do I what do you say I open something on Tuesday or whatever, if you're available. I'll watch watch the video in between that time and I guess we could discuss what I looked at on there. I hope that some people out there ain't getting the idea that I'm just being mean to transgenders. It's more about the inappropriate behavior from different groups in society. Mm. Well, I yeah. kind of got the impression that people might be thinking that, Adam, because when you return to the room, you're like, well, I'm tired of hearing that damn gay man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are getting into all kinds of weird shit. Well, that's what happens, you know, even though it's... It's uh, funny, Brett. It's like always these uh, God-Christian channels that are always talking about, you know, eating ass and homosexuality. It's like, you hear about homosexuality on Christian channels way more than anywhere else. Well, the eating ass remark had nothing to do with transgenders or homosexuality. We were talking about a movie with Kevin Costner, right. and he decided to throw a woman over a table. It was a straight sexual scene we were just bitching about how they just do this like crazy shit all of a sudden in a movie and don't even give a fucking warning right right <laughs> it's just funny to me it's funny the the subject matter is funny to begin with the fact that it's god believers and christians having the discussion makes it especially funny to me well why we're Adam, I mean, Christians and non-believers, besides the theological view and the concept of God, I feel like if people were honest with themselves, we'd realize that we all have a lot of common ground. There's a lot of things that we like, and hell, I believe there's probably a lot of atheists that enjoy Star Trek just as much as I fucking do. So right. I try to keep that in mind. Sure, yeah. 
Well, yeah, Brett, I will try to make it on uh, Tuesday if I can. All right, I'll schedule something probably in the morning. Right now, I'm going to go in there and hang out with her because she's going to end up punching me in the head if I don't get in there. Saying yeah, I'm yeah. Just kidding. She won't do that. But, um, yeah, Tuesday, I'll, I'll have that video watched. I'll come in. I'd love to play it, play videos that you bring up, but the fucking lag is ridiculous. But I'll watch it. I'll tell you what I remember from it and what I got from it, and then you can point out your view i would probably suspect be a good idea you rewatch it as well when you get yeah, yeah. well brett if it's the morning i may not be able to make it but i will i'll try to be there well i'll do something at 7 p.m sound good oh. oh okay yeah i could i should be able to do that yeah my daughter will be at work and my wife she's usually doing her private time and all that and it's a good time for me to do a show all right, we'll try it. I hope more people start coming in and having conversation. There's a couple of people out here, like Apiast, who seems like a pretty interesting figure. Hopefully, they learn how to go down to fucking Walmart and pick up a $10 mic so they can have a conversation <laughs> with us. You know me, Adam. Asking people nicely to come in the chat doesn't work. I have to antagonize them, piss them off, make them show up. Uh, all right, Brett. Well, nice talking with you. Have a good night. You too, man. All right, see you later. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can do a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can buy us a gift off of Amazon Wishlist, or you can buy one of my books, Afterlife Simulation is the newest installment of my novels and written works. Or you could buy some of our music and art. Also, I sell merchandise such as t-shirts, mugs, towels, clothes, apparel, anything that your heart desires. God bless.